Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Movie Dicks Podcast. I'm Gabriel Chavez. I'm Paul Schindler. Today, we destroy an apocalyptic amount of shit, yet somehow survive the 242-minute Zack Snyder cut of the 2017 movie Justice League. But first, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we are about to shit on and want to avoid spoilers, stop now. But if you don't care about spoilers and want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad, grab your pitchfork and fucking sail off the hood into the coming apocalypse (laughs) with us. Without screaming witness, by the way, which is a real shame. But without further ado, let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. Zack Snyder's definitive director's cut of Justice League. Determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain, Bruce Wayne aligns forces with Diana Prince with plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic proportions. Oh shit, that happened in the last movie too, right? Yeah, it did, and every DC movie ever. (laughs) So, yeah, doesn't matter. It's It's all the same story anymore. Anyway, so this is a Warner Brothers release through HBO Max, i.e. Warner Max, in association with Atlas Entertainment, DC Entertainment, DC Films, Rat Pack, Dune Entertainment, and The Stone Quarry. We previously looked at Warner's catalog with the likes of Birds of Prey and Speed Racer. This is our first HBO Max release and Warner Max release, but given the slate coming up soon of the fair of Mortal Kombat by a first-time filmmaker, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla vs. Kong, The Awful, The Little Things... The Awful Wonder Woman 1984, a new Space Jam movie, an unneeded Matrix sequel, the remake of The Suicide Squad by the pedophile jokes peddling James Gunn, (laughs) not to mention a remake of Rashomon by Terminator Geriatrics, Gemini Man, and Secret of Their Eyes remake scribe Billy Ray. We will be back with more episodes focusing in on (laughs) Warner and HBO Max. Atlas Entertainment can be blamed for a whole litany of felonious stupidity over the years. The previous DC Extended Universe movies we mentioned, along with Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, the abomination that is the first Suicide Squad by the tax collector alum David, but I wrote Training Day, Ayer, and the live-action Scooby-Doo movie, the Warcraft movie, The Great Wall with Matt Damon, which is just awful, City of Angels, aka the Wings of Desire remake, with the left-behind ham-fest Nicolas Cage, Rollerball, and a seemingly never-ending sea of DCEU spin-offs, reboots, sequels, remakes, and otherwise bloody jizz stains from jerking themselves off so hard that they break their own arm. I'm not even going to go into DC Entertainment and DC Films. All I can say is these companies have fallen a long way since their involvement with Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, and I see no need to make a secondary Constantine movie, but that's just me. There's no reason to make a second one, and they're doing a sequel, because why not? It's only, (laughs) what, like fucking 17 years on from the first one? But no, they need this, apparently, Paul. Apparently this is a needed film that we need. They need the the Matrix Yeah, they needed the Matrix sequel. And another Star Wars trilogy, and... (laughs) Oh, and uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull, and yeah. yeah. Are they doing another Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, they are. Is that like a real thing, or is that just talk? I mean, supposedly Steven Spielberg said that he's got Harrison Ford in training, so (coughs) I don't know. In training? Jesus. What is he, 80? Yeah. Yeah, His hip and his knee in the last movie (laughs) that he filmed. Maybe it's time to just put the old dog down, you know what I'm saying? They're going to kill him on this one. That's the thing. They're going to kill him. (laughs) 
<laughs> Hopefully they get it on film. Yeah. <laughs> Rat Pack Dune Entertainment gave us the masterpiece Mad Max Fury Road, one of Nolan's many masterpieces, Dunkirk, the excellent second Conjuring movie, P.T. Anderson's insane Inherent Vice, the Lego movie, Jeff Nichols's excellent Midnight Special, as well as the better-than-expected Edge of Tomorrow, whose real name is Live, Die, Repeat with Tom Cruise, the It remake, and Steven Spielberg's lukewarm but entertaining Ready Player One, which somehow sucked the life and fun out of the book, but it was still entertaining. But they did give us the DC Extended Universe, which is detestable on its own, the Chips movie based on the 80s TV show, because apparently we needed that, Geostorm with the bag of owl pelts named Gerard Butler, Clint Eastwood's anti-Islamic movie called American Sniper, a King Arthur movie by Guy Ritchie, again, who the fuck is asking for this shit, <laughs> a Tarzan movie, Central Intelligence with the man who's gonna fuck up two John Candy classics named Kevin Hart, a bunch of Annabelle movies, and Pan, the $185 million Peter Pan reimagining that flopped harder than a fat kid slipping on a banana peel. <laughs> Lastly, the Stone Quarry is Zack Snyder's newly formed production company, that just gave us Wonder Woman 1984 and three Army of the Dead movies beginning with this year's Netflix original. Ten people produced this fucking thing. I'm sorry, Christopher Nolan and wife Emma Thomas. I know your names are attached to this as passive income, but good God, please distance yourself from <laughs> Snyder. That man is a terrible filmmaker, and each year he proves more indulgent and more Michael Bay. Besides them is the company man from Warner Brothers, Charles Roven. Snyder's longtime producers, Jim Rowe, Wesley Collar, his wife Deborah, and Kurt Kanemoto. That leaves us with three, one of which is Gili alum Ben Affleck, whom I won't even bother with because it's too fucking easy at this point. And that, <laughs> and Ben, quit DC and go back to directing. Remember Gone Baby Gone, The Town, and yes, even Argo? I'll use a moniker you might understand. Argo, fuck yourself, Ben! Anyway. Chris Terrio, we all know, is here because he wrote it. While I'll remind you that he did win an Oscar for Argo's script, he also wrote Batman v Superman, this movie, and Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker's Bloody Vomit. That leaves us with only Tamara Watts Kent. She's a visual effects producer, so we can all see why Zach has her producing the movie because about 90% of this movie is green screen. As a producer, she did Oz the Great and Powerful with the gay panic dick click jerk off named James Franco, and literally everything else she has done is visual effects producing, of which she did a movie you might remember called Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. Pirates 5 and 6, or who gives a fuck anymore, it doesn't matter, and Sucker Punch, the movie I thought for sure would end Zack's career, but then Warner Brothers deemed him Kevin Fagg of Marvel fame and had him shit out dozens of movies like Osimo on South Park, shit out hundreds of Adam Sandler movie ideas. This movie, of course, stars Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, a.k.a. the man who can't act, Gal Gadot, who is six months pregnant making Wonder Woman and is a fucking goddess but needs to stay away from this bullshit, former star Diane Lane, who can't get work outside of DCEU now, Jared Leto's jizz-filled condoms, look it up, how did he not get me too'd for this bullshit on Suicide Squad is beyond me, some kid named Ezra Miller, I don't know, I don't watch network TV superhero shows. Jason Momoa, who needs to tread carefully about his rape jokes going forward despite his apology, but did stand up to Warner Brothers after the Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, 
incident where he was treated like shit on set and the studio tried to bury it. Connie Nielsen, who used to be a big star, Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons, who is amazing. The great Robin Wright Penn, or I'm sorry, Robin Wright, since she got divorced from Sean Penn. The excellent Amy Adams, who is my fifth wife. The fucking asinine performance of Jesse Eisenberg, who had real potential after The Social Network and Zombieland, but flushed it down the fucking toilet. Yeah. Fuck happened to him. I don't know, dude. He he got a taste of the sweet life with a good check, and he was just like, it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to try anymore. They're just going to pay me in order to do dumbass shit. Amber Heard is also in this movie, whom we must never forget was beaten by tourist alum Johnny Depp, and the press just forgot about it. The great Irish actor Siren Hines. People, seriously, watch the TV show The Terror on AMC. It's fucking incredible, and he's incredible in the first season. And the great Jeremy Irons, who proved without even trying he is the only voice for Scar in The Lion King. <laughs> this GPU overloading, fan jamming chunk of cum was written by the aforementioned Chris Terrio, who needs his Oscar taken away in light of his DCEU movies. While the story was written by director Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio, and Will Beale. I've gone into Chris enough, and I'm going to get to Zack, but I'm going to turn on Will here. This guy's claim to fame that he is an expert storyteller is that he wrote the boring and absolute waste of a movie called Gangster Squad before he created the Training Day TV 14 TV show for CBS with the late Bill Paxton <laughs> playing the Denzel Washington surrogate and having a naive black partner assigned to him. Thank fuck this was canceled after just one season. <laughs> but that wasn't enough for Will. He thought he would assault us with Aquaman after that, jumping from a network TV show to a globe-trotting $200 million movie. But that's not all, Paul. He decided to team with David, I wrote Training Day, remember? Air and Make Deputy, a TV-14 loose cannon cop show for Fox that co-starred tax collector alum Jose Conejo Martin. Side note, fuck you, Conejo, you fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fuck they canceled that show after why, one why season got, as well. What do you, you got to hear on that guy? What's, what's oh, because he's him? terrible. <laughs> he's terrible oh, in the God. tax collector. Uh, That's why. <laughs> anyway, so that leads us to Zack Snyder's Justice League. He did not write the original version by Josh Whedon. Oh, also, he is going to fuck up Conan the Barbarian with The Legend of Conan. But at least they have Arnold back doing some shit at the age of 74. I don't know what, but whatever. That leads us to Zack Snyder as director. Zack made it into the feature game with the gory Dawn of the Dead remake, which is entertaining but flat as shit. They went on to try to launch Gerard Butler's career with the decent but unimaginative 300. I say unimaginative in that it is a shot-for-shot out-of-comic-book movie. There's not a whole lot of design going on there. They just tried to match what they saw in the comic book. Then turned his hatred of good movies on Watchmen and <laughs> fucked up everything but Dr. Manhattan and Rorschach. I say fucked up in that it's overly long, poorly paced, and he shits on Night Owl in addition to having the worst music to go along with the worst sex scene in the history Hallelujah. of movies. Oh my god, and then he uses that fucking cue again. <laughs> yeah, he just can't crazy. give it up, bro. He can't give that song up. I'm like, you know, this song was already fucked up by Shrek because I'm going to attach it to Shrek from now on and now every yeah. time i hear it i just think of shrek and i'm like god i wish i was watching shrek because it would be better than whatever the fuck i'm watching 
Not to mention <laughs> his music choices near the end of the film in Watchmen are obvious as fuck, and his direction of Matthew Good trying his best to be Ozymandias is just quite simply horrifying. He's the worst part about that movie. Then he did a kid's movie about owls or some shit and decided to rip the diaper off as he sprayed fecal matter at us with <laughs> Sucker Punch. He toned down the fecal matter with Man of Steel, but again, his pacing fucked up any flow that could have come from that movie, and his shaky cam made me queasy. Then comes Batman vs. Superman, which was like what the toilet bowl looks like after I fire an apocalyptic <laughs> rain of fiery brown shit into it after eating Carolina Reaper peppers. Oh, God. Yeah, that's like, it's a bunch of brown mist and a little bit of blood. Like, that's <laughs> that's what Batman vs. Superman was. <laughs> The first version of Justice League, I can't completely blame on him. I'm going to be human for a moment here because his daughter killed herself and he had to leave the movie in the hands of Josh Whedon in order to finish it. So I can't completely blame him for the way the Justice League turned out. But boy, goddamn, did Josh Whedon fuck that movie up. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Any goodwill that he built on the Firefly like TV show or any of the fucking <laughs> Avengers movies or whatever, he undid like single-handedly by doing Justice League the way that he did. It's like, it's horrifying. Look, I like Joss, but Titan AE is his movie. I'm not as big a fan of Firefly as everyone else is, and I like Serenity, but I have forgotten him for all his wrongdoing, for a while anyway, with uh, his script that he did for Toy Story. That's it. Up until he did Justice League and Avengers Age of Ultron, I actually gave him a pass on all the things that he fucked up because of Toy Story. <laughs> but after Justice League and Age of Ultron, I was just like, no, no, Joss is just kicked back down the Wait, ladder. Did he like, write the original Toy Story? Yes, the original Toy Story. He wrote the script for it. Huh. Random movie knowledge there. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, look, Zach has a music video director's eye. I'll never deny that. But he has no idea how to tell a coherent story. He gets too bogged down in apocalyptic scale fight scenes that can cause seizures. Maybe <laughs> one day he will stop with the convulsive visual aids masturbation, but I doubt it. This movie is a fucking eternity of self-indulgence <laughs> at four hours and two minutes long and opened on HBO Max on March 18, 2021. As it is a brand new release that came out two days ago, I can't give you opening locations as theaters aren't carrying this because it's too long. I don't know why he put this in the IMAX 4x3 format because IMAX can only project something up to two hours and 49 minutes long. Meaning that when he wanted to do this in IMAX, there would be no way that they could do it unless they split it between two different theaters. So you'd have to get up and walk to another fucking IMAX theater in order to watch the rest of this movie. Take anyway, a little intermission then. I mean, yeah, this movie exactly. could use an intermission. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it has like eight intermissions in it, you know, with all the title <laughs> cards, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I can't even give you an idea of how much this is made, etc., because it is a brand new movie. Well, they made $15 for me because I subscribed to HBO Max just to watch mm. this movie. I'm not exactly sure yeah. how they would have made money from me because, like, I already subscribed to Amazon and, like, that's how I have my Max subscription. So, because well, I'm mean, not you paying. pay Amazon, but then they pay them. I don't know how it works. Well, I pay $11 a month for HBO and, you know, however much dollars a month for Amazon based on my yearly subscription fee. So that's like 25 bucks maybe a month. So they have to split $25 a month between this and HBO Max and everybody else. Like, I am i don't know how that breaks down. They probably made like half a dollar off of me or something like that for me watching this movie. Yeah. 
What I can tell you is zero for a pandemic movie. So yeah, that's true. That's true. What I can tell you is that the original opened on November 17, 2017 and was made for $300 million, (laughs) a fucking asinine amount for a two hour movie. And it opened at 4,051 theaters to a $93.842 million opening. It opened in the number one spot with the problematic Wonder with Anaconda alum Owen Dick Knows Wilson in the number two spot in its first week. Thor Ragnarok in its 15th week in the number three spot. The Kenneth Branagh I'm So Sophisticated That I Smell My Own Farts directed, starring and written by remake that failed called Murder on the Orient Express in its eighth week. And Step Brothers alum Will Ferrell and The Happening alum Marky Mark's Daddy's Home 2 rounding out the top five in its eighth week. Out this same time was the excellent Lady Bird, Best Picture winner, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Dennis Villanueva's incredible Blade Runner 2049, The Excellent, The Florida Project, The Great and Bizarre Movie, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Brutal, Wind River, and Christopher Nolan's critically acclaimed movie Dunkirk. Over its 410-day release, Justice League would pummel out a $229 million domestic gross and a $428.9 million international gross, Bringing its overall to $657.9 million, or $218 million less over its gross, and $73 million less in its opening than the much longer and $50 million cheaper version of the movie called Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Studios, I want you to hear this. This is the very definition of what they call franchise fatigue. Stop pummeling us with dumbass movies and sequels. We just don't care. It's shown in the fucking box office numbers. This opening makes Justice League the 11th best opening weekend for a movie in the month of November behind the 2015 Hunger Games end cap of a movie, but ahead of the first Harry Potter movie that was released in 2001. The country that did not buy into this movie's bullshit in 2017 was Slovenia with a $99,320 gross. In fact, it was the 37th highest grossing movie of 2017 in Slovenia with the movie Son of Bigfoot, I have no idea what the hell that is, above it, and Guy Ritchie's dumb fuck King Arthur below it. The highest grossing movie of all time in Slovenia was the 2011 animation slurry called The Smurfs. Yes, the fucking Smurfs was the number one movie to ever gross in Slovenia with a $1.362 million gross. (laughs) The top two grossing movies of all time, Avengers Endgame and Avatar. Avengers Endgame made $565,000 and Avatar made $138,000 in Slovenia, respectively, making Avengers the fourth highest grossing movie in 2019 in Slovenia and Avatar the 29th highest grossing movie in 2009 in Slovenia. They just don't give a shit about American film, apparently, which is a good thing. Stop buying into the bullshit, Slovenia, or anybody else out there listening. I guess Slovenians don't give two fucks about big-budget American bullshit, but they did buy into the Smurfs, so I can't really say that because they did see the Smurfs movie. Can really tell them that they have better tastes than Americans, so... <laughs> At an average cost of 6.27 euros per ticket in 2017, or $7.51 American, that brings total Slovenian asses and seats to 13,225.03 people saw this movie over its run in 28 theaters in Slovenia. 
With a population of 2.066 million people in 2017, that means that 6.401 thousandths of the country's total population made it out to have their good senses assaulted by Zach and Joss. The Snyder Cut of Justice League has a staggeringly high 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb with 76,998 votes, a 55 on Metacritic or 10 points higher than Joss's version, and 75% on RottenTomatoes.com with a 97% audience score. This IMDb rating, this IMDb rating makes it the 84th best movie of all time on IMDb. Apparently, the top 250 means nothing anymore, being that it sits above Amadeus, Inglorious Bastards, Goodwill Hunting, and Return of the Fucking Jedi, as well as 2001. Full Metal Jacket, Taxi Driver, To Kill a Mockingbird, and staggeringly 80 fucking places above There Will Be Blood and 73 places above No Country for Old Men. <laughs> the top 250 means nothing. It really does. <laughs> like, as long as this movie's on the top 250, I'm sorry. I just I can't even look at that list anymore. That makes it, other than Avatar, Eraserhead, and Birds of Prey, one of our highest reviewed movies yet on RottenTomatoes.com. This movie currently ranks highest amongst. I'll give you one guess, Paul, who this movie ranks highest with. Mm. What are the age ranges again? Less than 18, 18 to 29, 30 to 45, 45 plus. I'm going to go 18 to 29 male. Absolutely. It ranks highest amongst males aged 18 to 29 with a 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. And lowest amongst females 45 plus. Females aged less than 18 with a 4.1 out of 10. (laughs) This week, Steppenwolf has hammered my brain from my skull as I try to comprehend the 38,448 people or a staggering 56.7% of the voters on IMDb who gave this a perfect 10 best superhero movie that was made by a petition of nerds on the internet, even better than the fucking Dark Knight movie my vote this week stands with the (laughs) 1631 others on imdb who rated this as a perfect one my favorite reviews this week begin with ryan cyrick of the reader in the cow stained yellow gassed shithole of omaha nebraska (laughs) ryan pummels quote deciding between the two versions of justice league is like asking if you'd rather get hit in the face pretty hard for two hours or merely get slapped in the face for four hours (laughs) original score 2.5 out of four stars johnny olek uh i'm gonna fuck this name up oleksinski from the new york post decapitates with quote dc should change its name to dgaf end quote original score (laughs) one out of four stars Richard Brody of the New Yorker castrates with, quote, It's a grind. It's a slog. It's a bore. It's a mental toothache of a movie whose ending grants not so much resolution as relief. End quote. Original score, (laughs) one out of four stars. Lastly, Zack Snyder's Justice League is Zack Snyder rated R for Zack Snyder violence and Zack Snyder, some language, Zack Snyder. Seriously, though, how many times do we have to see this guy's name plastered all over this shit? I get it. It's Zack Snyder's movie. I don't need to see his name 12 times on the fucking thing for me to know it's him. 
And on top of that, it's not like Zack is fucking Stanley Kubrick or even earned his pride in his movies. I mean, for Christ's sake, this dude did Sucker Punch, and he's going to, like, claim, oh, I'm Zack <laughs> Snyder, like, you're some fucking big director. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway. <laughs> so, Paul, Roberto Alomar stands on home plate. This six-foot-tall, 184-pound right-handed pitcher who bats ambidextrously from Ponce, Puerto Rico, was about to commit what would be referred to as an act of aggression by some, at the very least, and a fucking felony at worst by most people. <laughs> you see, it's September 27, 1996, as we stand in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, against the Toronto Blue Jays with 30,116 fans in the stands, that's only 61.1% full, by the way. It's the top of the first inning, and Alomar decides it's not fair that Toronto pitcher Paul Quintrell struck him out. While Alomar does carry a 329 batting average at this time, one of our best yet, and he is being paid $4.297 million in 1996, or $7.127 million in today's currency, I'll take that. as a second baseman, which isn't bad, Alomar decides he's entitled to act like a child, or like D. Reynolds when trying to get into a pool in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, by turning his aggression on being called out to umpire John Hirschbeck. Alomar argues with Hirschbeck on what was clearly three strikes during his at-bat, he gets in Hirschbeck's face as if he is going to kiss him. I never understood this aggro masculinity, by the way. Like, why do you have to get so close? Like, are you going to attempt a prison rape? Is this a way of, like, intimidating me that you might rape me or something like that? Like, why the fuck do men get that close to each other when they're going to fight and they're trying to threaten each other? Just saying. Whatever. Anyway, as he screams at the umpire... He fucking spits in the guy's face out of frustration before being benched. But that's not all, Paul, because like all gentlemen, Zack Snyder included, Alomar just doesn't know when to quit. After his behavior didn't help his team of the Orioles win on September 27th, it was his behavior the next day in the follow-up game against the Blue Jays that was really the point which he showed off his manners. When asked why he spit at the umpire, Alomar doubled down on his scumbaggery and stated, quote, Hirschbeck has just never been the same umpire since his son died last year, end quote. That's right, folks. After spitting in another man's face, he insulted his ability to do his job and blamed it on the man's dead son. When the game began, Hirschbeck had to be restrained by another umpire when he tried to storm into the Orioles clubhouse to confront Alamore about his sentiment and behavior. All this, Paul, over a fucking baseball game. We flash back in time as you stand in the shoes of Paul Quintrell. What's the worst that could happen? Everyone is going to act like adults, right? We're all being paid as millionaires do to do a job that's essentially make-believe, you think? As you wind up and you pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. Ah, I'd like to thank you all for being here at this Warner Brothers executive board meeting here at Warner Brothers Studios headquarters. I mean, you like these digs around us, right? I mean, it looks kind of like the Batcave and everything. I mean, it looked sure. like that because it's sure. fucking awesome. But anyways, I know that a lot of you have had some difficulties getting here. I I had to jump through all these fucking DC fanboy you They're sitting outside. They've got sides <laughs> say release the Snyder Cut. Man, that sounds they, terrible. 
They fucking came to my house. They stapled <laughs> flyers on my dog that said, release the Snyder Cut. Dude, dude, dude. They, I was at the cafe on, on Rodeo with my wife. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. one? Which one? The farm. The farm. Oh, I love the eggs. But anyways, I was eating that with extra hollandaise. Just minding our business. Uh-huh. With a 300-pound bearded man dressed as Harley Quinn threw acid <laughs> at my face. God damn. Luckily, I managed to duck. It only burned the waitress behind me. But, hey, I gave her a $20 tip. So, it, you know, even though the entrees were cold, I didn't think she really deserved Oh, my God. You tipped that much? What happened to the man? He escaped on the Segway. God damn. These people are insane. They're toxic. These fans. They've raised a half million dollars for suicide prevention. But then the other day, they told me to fucking kill myself on Twitter. <laughs> what the fuck? And they bullied my daughter on Instagram. Listen, listen, we're getting off track here. We're here to discuss the new direction for the DC universe. We just need to let this movement burn out. You know, we're never going to release the Snyder Cup because it doesn't fucking exist. Okay, we told them this <laughs> a million times. Okay, we're finishing Wonder Woman 1984. We have a new Batman movie lined up. We call it <laughs> The Batman because, you know, we got to distinguish it between the other Batman movies. But right. anyway, we got Robert Pattinson lined up and everything for this. It's going to be great. Okay. Great. But uh, anyways, uh, 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 sir, there's there's something going on outside you who should be warned. Oh, my God. They've got they've got some kind of. Some kind of structure built. It has a lasso, like Wonder Woman's lasso, but it looks like a noose. What, what are they? Oh my god, they've got Josh Whedon. They're stringing him up. Oh, they're beating him with, with foam tridents. Oh no, they're raping him with foam tridents. Jesus Christ. We gotta put the stop. Sir, they're entering the building. They're entering the building. Oh fuck. Alright, put it out on Twitter. We're putting the Snyder cut out, okay? Just give them whatever they want. Just give it to him. I don't give a fuck. Okay, I'll, I'll spend my own money. $70 million. I don't care. Okay. Okay, they, they seem to have calmed down with that tweet. I think they're dispersing. I think they're happy. Uh, Whedon's dead, but at least Snyder's still alive. We're going to make this cut. It's okay. Okay. But listen, listen. It's, it's February of 2020. Okay. I'm gonna need some money for this, for this seventy million dollars. So, uh, you got any, uh, you got any investment opportunities? Hey man, listen, listen. My neighbor, he manages a hedge fund. Okay, yeah. He says this new Wuhan virus is gonna change everything. Travel and retail are gonna be hit big time. So he's telling me to short Hertz, car rental, and GameStop. Oh, GameStop? Yeah, that place is still around. I'm shorting that shit. <laughs> Is that for real? Did somebody actually give up $70 million of their own money in order to make this piece of shit? Purportedly, this costs $70 million to redo all the visual effects and all of that. Wow. To make the Schneider cut. Yeah. They should have spent more. It doesn't look right. <laughs> $70 million on visual effects. Yeah. I mean, on I top they of paid the three hundred million dollars <laughs> yep. that they spent on the first movie. <laughs> My yeah. God, this is well, like they got, uh, they got fifteen dollars for me. So <laughs> this is like World War Z numbers, man. Three hundred seventy million dollar <laughs> clusterfuck. Okay, so let's just jump into this, Paul. 
you you hadn't seen the first uh, Justice League cut, right? The Josh nope. Whedon version. No, okay. I so, w given that you hadn't seen it, I I honestly really want to know this. Were you <laughs> able to follow the story in this at all? Uh, I mean, some of it didn't make sense. I assume that's because I didn't see Wonder Woman or uh, what you call it, the other guy, Water Dude, <laughs> Aqu uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> Water yeah. dude. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen those? Yes, yeah, so I've seen both of them. Have you seen the other one of those? Uh, does that yeah. having those movies under your belt does it give you more context? No, absolutely not. Uh, everything okay. that they Wonder Woman's actually a pretty good movie, but they uh, all the good faith that they generated from that they just flushed down the fucking toilet with this movie. So <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. with this movie and Batman versus Superman. But, but no, it's not sexist because there's that one scene where there's the little girl who gets saved by Wonder Woman. One I'm gonna get to. Like I'm gonna get to and, that. And, and and Wonder Woman. All right, all right. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but okay, here's here's. You're probably gonna hate me, but you know I didn't hate this movie. I felt like it went by pretty quick for a four hour. Really, movie. that says something. And you know it could be that since I hadn't seen the original, all of the story elements were new, so the plot kept me engaged enough to not like want to kill myself so much but uh -huh. no, i thought there was some there's some good stuff uh like with what's his name cyborg uh -huh. i thought like he was a little bitchy whiny character at first but then as there's a couple effective scenes that kind of give you a little more background into him i'm like mm -hmm. okay I still think you're a little bitch and a whiny bitch, but <laughs> I can understand you at least. You know, yeah, the I can, uh, I can cut you some slack. That's literally the reason why they put the Snyder cut to, <laughs> together is that everybody was bitching about how Cyborg in the first one that he just like his whole story just gets cut out. And there was like this whole yeah. side movement about like because he was a black character, they didn't want to give him his just due and they just cut out all of his fucking scenes and they didn't give a shit. <laughs> but like if you go back and you watch the original, you'll see what I'm talking about, which is that it's it's just it's remarkable how much they put into this movie that has to do with Cyborg. I'm like, I know yeah. that they didn't go out and shoot new scenes for this. You know what I mean? Like they didn't go out and start filming stuff when the petition came online in order to release the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. means that they already shot all this and that Filmed Joss everything. Yeah. and everybody involved literally cut out Cyborg on top of treating him like shit on set and like Jason Momoa yeah. coming out and saying like a lot of bad shit went down. Warner Brothers should be fucking ashamed of themselves. And they still didn't distance themselves from Jason, which is kind of interesting. And But, I mean, he is a cash cow. I mean, they could make a lot of money off of him, so they're not going to distance themselves for, like, talking shit about the fact that, like, a black actor had his role cut out of a movie. That would just be a PR nightmare, especially after Warner <laughs> Brothers execs have had their emails leaked that use the N-word in them. But, you know, I oh, mean, Jesus. that's just a whole nother bag of worms. But, anyway, give me give me your honest opinion then, Paul, out of 10 stars. What would you give Zack Snyder's Justice League? I would give it, uh, I would give it a a six. Mm. So I liked it enough to where there's a little positive gleam <laughs> somewhere, and I've been trying to digest why I like it at all. <laughs> and you know, it, there's only there's only so much I can say to justify myself, <laughs> and I don't know. 
Is it just the nonstop cacophony of it all that you like? I think it also, no, I think it was mostly because I was expecting such a shit show <laughs> and like something akin to a Batman v Superman yeah. or, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, Sucker Punch, Suicide Squad. <laughs> and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, and a lot of the stupid shit <laughs> had me laughing, and so it was entertaining <laughs> to me. At least. <sighs> I think um, one of one of my favorite reviews that I came across this week was essentially saying that you know it is better than the first version, but that's not saying a lot because the bar was set so incredibly low with the first one that it doesn't matter what the fuck actually is happening in this movie. But I, I, I can't agree with that sentiment more. Like the first one, I hated the first one. I think I hated this less, but I still hated it because this to me was just this like nonstop self-indulgent like masturbatory <laughs> exercise of it he's just going to throw all the deleted scenes into one movie and say that he deserves his 4 hour runtime even though he doesn't I, I i feel like you could cut out half of this movie and it would still be okay oh. you know if Zack well, I mean, snyder actually the other put half it together. is all slow motion yeah, so if you absolutely. just sped that up to real time it would be absolutely. like an hour and a half of movie or something like that i think one of my biggest problems is, is that Zack uses slow motion as like a way of developing beats right he thinks that he can yeah. take the flow of a scene and change it by speed ramping and i'm like that that's not how you do <laughs> directing beats and emotional beats there Zack. <laughs> But that's a huge problem that I have with this movie. And the other thing is, is that it's to me, it's like completely forgettable. Like it's the story is not interesting. It's basically that they're searching for these magic boxes and they need to get these magic boxes. <laughs> and I'm like, why does this yeah. need four hours to do this? And then on top of that, it's yeah. just like, I don't understand why it has to be a non-stop cacophony of noise man it's just loud and frustrating and i was just really pissed off by that there's like six quiet moments in this and they all have to do with lois lane crying over fucking batman being dead and i'm like god damn it like and it's it's forgettable in the sense that like i watched it with my friend kevin last night and we're sitting there yeah. and you know uh, we finished watching it we literally watched it less than 24 hours ago and i asked him today i was like can you tell me just out of curiosity can you tell me do you remember one battle scene in that from start to finish can you tell me one battle scene how things went together how someone got the cube you know whatever oh my god can you tell right. me any so of the that? flashback battle scene from ancient earth history or whatever yeah when when the bad dude comes and he makes the lava on the ground right right and then they put the cubes together into a, one magic cube Right. That was that was pretty excellent because it reminded me of how I used to play with the action figures as a kid, <laughs> just like, rrr, 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 rrr. like all the all the like these massively over muscled dudes are just like slowly yeah. like pummeling each other. And, I mean, it's <laughs> magical to me. It had me laughing really loud. Do you so know yeah, like those dumb moments kind of made me entertained like yeah did you do you know the name of the ultimate bad guy in this movie the uh, guy that he dead skies or dies see you don't even know that's my yeah. point his name is no. dark seed oh uh, yeah there you go dark side yeah it's dark Whatever. side who gives they a spell fuck? it different TM. who gives a shit <laughs> 
anyway. Yeah. No, so, uh, well, I mean, he barely has any. Uh, he has, did they did, did they even have Dark Side in, uh, in the other movie? I don't remember. That, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's completely forgettable in Jaws' yeah. hands. I mean, the only the thing two, that I remember, the two bad guys are really. I mean, they're basically just the Marvel evil dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're yeah, collecting. They're collecting yep, boxes, they're collecting something, yeah, crystals yep, or whatever. It's going to destroy different the colors. Yep, absolutely. they got to be different colors, otherwise, you know. And they're all being be protected by someone in a different race, <laughs> and yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War. So wait, which one? But, which one came out first, like comic book wise? The Avengers, Avengers. with the the Infinity. Oh, okay, right. Avengers. So all right, so I just I want to bring this up so like right away. I don't know because they, they wanted money. Original? They wanted money. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, children's cancer research is underfunded in this country, <laughs> but we need a dark side. Okay. So anyway, um, so right off the bat, Paul, my biggest problem with this movie is that Zach's dark vision throughout this entire movie is like funereal in a way. It's like it's like you're sitting at a fucking he, funeral for four oh, hours, he and I'm loves, like, he loves his funeral scenes. Like I swear, every movie he has to have at least two funeral scenes. Yep. And I think this movie has three. Maybe. I don't know. All well, they I know dig is up, the funeral they dig, is shorter than this. They dig up Superman's grave, which I feel like would not be unguarded for some reason. Right. Someone's going to go have sex with it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, but, that went dark. That was not yeah. where I thought you were going with that part. <laughs> I figured, figured I'd just twisted a little bit there but yeah no I, I had to take a note because i'm like oh man zach schneider loves his funeral scenes especially if it's raining yeah slow motion funeral yeah but anyways, <laughs> all right go yeah so the whole so, movie is funer- funereal funereal yeah so yeah. i am i to believe right off the bat that the slow motion of clark dying at the beginning is so slow that i can see his sound waves emanating in the air <laughs> over and over again and like Ooh. pulsating that I was confused by is he continually going, ah, 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 <laughs> ah, <laughs> come on. What's going on? But Diana, Diana at the beginning shit, of this movie. <laughs> All right. So <sighs> what I had to remind myself that this is a dumb comic book movie. <laughs> and I think maybe that mindset allowed me to give it a pass and kind of enjoy my four But it takes itself so fucking self-seriously, bro. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. the problem. Yeah, it does. It does. If, Some would say it... that's earnest. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. So th- there was another review that I read this week that I thought was a pretty interesting point. Is that Zack Snyder misunderstands solemnity does not equal profundity, right? <laughs> like just because something yeah. is solemn does not mean that it's profound. And while you're digging around in this and like dooming and glooming and whining and complaining and fucking drearing on for four hours, you don't have anything to say in this movie. Like nothing. There's no point in it where it's profound, where it's examining the human condition. Everybody, even at four hours long, it feels like people's stories are glossed over too quickly. Well, okay, I thought some of the stuff about Cyborg and his character and why he hates his dad, I thought that was pretty interesting from a character's perspective. Like he's pissed off because his dad like turned him into some cyborg monster and he doesn't care that he got a second chance at life at first. And right. so I thought that they did a decent job with his character arc. In I that. don't like 
I don't like that because my biggest problem with that is is that they structured upon a black family where there's an absent father and a dead mother <laughs> and a black kid that but wants nothing. But his father is but... Miles Dyson. He's working on Skynet. <laughs> with the T-1000. I, mean... yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I refer to him continually throughout this podcast <laughs> yeah, as Miles. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I just got a real problem with that because it's like it's leaning on this trope of like the black kid being alone and like hating his dad and his mom being dead and like not wanting anything to do with his father. And I fucking hate it. I'm like, really? A black what other okay. movies are like that? Every black drama ever. Every There's <laughs> always a fucking absent father, a kid who's growing up on the wrong side, who's angry at his dad and he's lashing out and he almost goes to the dark side, whatever that may be, gangs, violence, drugs, whatever. And his mom is standing by the wayside being like, "Oh my god, it's so you know, you're doing good, honey. We just want you to do well." And then his mom ends up dying or getting hooked on crack or something like that because, <laughs> you know, God knows we cannot have positive fucking black families in movies. We just got to tear them apart in every goddamn movie. We can't just have one movie with a like, functional black family. His dad is basically a Nobel laureate. I mean, come on. Yeah, but yeah, he's dead. <laughs> And he's absent, all right. Well, like he just dead checks until out. He, like sacrifices himself yeah, for his son. Yeah, but he's son absent the, the entire time, and his dad, his fucking son, just hates himself. I mean, even even if you don't want to go down the racial implications of this, like it's basically the setup from Jingle All the Way, right? Absent yeah, father yeah. doing interesting things. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that trope's been around forever, right? Yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying, <laughs> and the structure of the entire thing about that character on being having some sort of redemption with his father. And forgiving his father for being absent is stupid. And I'm tired of it. It's just overplayed and overwrought. This whole goddamn movie can be summed up for me as overwrought as shit. There's so much shit happening if, in this that's just busy to the Cyborg eye. Cyborg is actually Zack Snyder's daughter. And he's apologizing through the movie. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. God damn. I mean, you I'm, said I'm you not going to be human. I'm not, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be inhuman <laughs> here. Right? Like, I just don't care because, like, if this is the way that you tell your daughter that you love her after she kills herself with this movie, no. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you just can't. I'm sorry. All so right. anyway, I, I'm going to move on here and just talk about this for a second because I I really want to know this. Like, in this movie, in Batman versus Superman, they destroy apocalyptic amounts of shit. <laughs> How yeah. many people die in these two movies in order to kill one monster, essentially? Like, how many uh, fucking people need yeah, to die? Not, like, I mean, no, fucking so Superman, Superman can fly <laughs> backwards around the fucking Earth and spin it backwards in order to turn back time, as we well, saw wait, in Superman 2. Well, I mean, that's Superman 2. But, see, they were flat. They, weren't they fighting against the same dude in... Batman v Superman, or was that no? no they were the no. It was another Superman. guy. Batman versus Superman was another fucking demon called Doom Slayer, some or bullshit Doom, like Doomsday, that. Right? Doomsday. There you go. Sorry, the Zard. Wait, Zorg, Zog. What's the dude's name? Who from Superman two? The like yeah, dude from wait, his planet. You, uh, General Zod. 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 Right. So he fights against Zod in Superman. Returns Man, wait, of, Man, of Man of Steel, right, right. So that yeah. they destroy everything in that, and then they have the <laughs> same exact fight, but with Wonder Woman and Batman on on top and Doomsday, yeah, with Doomsday. So they do the same yeah. thing. 
Yeah, and in this movie, they're going after one monster again, but, but then it turns into two this monsters. This time, it's only it's in an abandoned city, so there's no collateral damage this time. I'll get to that in a second because I have questions <laughs> about that. But all right, so Zack Snyder's name appears three times in the opening before the title <laughs> appears. Does this mean that Zack Wait. probably had something to do with this movie? Like, I, I'm I'm Does being honest. Does the title here. say? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes, it does. Nice. Yes, it does. Well, but I mean, you know when what? you get to edit your movie with $70 million that they just gave you with basically <laughs> no strings attached except <laughs> that you finish the movie so the fucking fanboys leave them alone, then, you know, you might as well put your name on it just to make sure that everyone knows it, you know? Why this movie? So why this mistake? movie and not any of the other ones? You know what I mean? Like, why this movie did the fanboys get so upset about? <sighs> I don't know. Because Zack's daughter yeah. died and they had to call in another director? Like, come on. I, I don't know it's why. not like the studio fired the, him. The obsession with the DC universe. I'm not... I don't think I've actually read a single comic book in my life, so... I did watch the old like Batman cartoon in the '90s with like, right. Mark Hamill as the Joker. So right, I That's thought about you. I thought you read. Uh, I thought you read Watchmen at least. Did you read? No, Watchmen? I tried. It's just a lot, and I didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> it's so. dense. Yeah, it's dense. I'll give you it's that. Dense. Yeah, but and you know, besides, Paul, I watched the director's extended edition of Watchmen by three Shemette and a half Zach hour version of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, feel like I got it down, you know. There's nothing, yeah. nothing more to grasp. Please. You know, you know what I got a real problem with in this movie, Paul, and all of these DC extended universe movies since Aquaman showed up is the dry for wet underwater scenes, <laughs> where it's very obvious they're shooting people on wires and they're moving oh. their hair around digitally. It just looks like shit. Superman's voice echoes through all the kingdoms and wakes up all the companion cubes, right? Because all of a sudden this is portal and there's companion cubes stationed <laughs> all over the world. But I get yeah. it, Zach. It's significant. Can we move on to an actual story point by now? It's seven <laughs> minutes into the movie and we oh, still Jesus. haven't gotten through the fucking credits. Um... Like, come on, dude. And nobody's spoken yet. Are you trying to do like your there will be blood moment where 14 minutes of the first of the movie has nobody speaking? There will be blood didn't take 12 <laughs> minutes to do the fucking opening titles, bro. Also, how many fucking CGI shots are we up to by the time that the, the credits actually finish in this movie? Like, I mean, I'm 10 I think minutes everything in. has some kind of post effect in it, like every single frame everything. in this movie. So, yeah. like, I was, I was actually counting, Paul, the number of cuts as we were getting through the credits because I didn't care about anything that was going on and I was bored. <laughs> And it was like, by the time that we got through the opening credits, he had already done 63 different shots, like 63 nice. cuts. And every single one of them had some sort of visual effects in them just to build the world or like move Aquaman around or move somebody in a particular way or whatever. And I was just like, how many fucking shots are in this movie, man? It's got to be in the thousands of visual effects shots. Like, how much of this? How much of this movie is actually real? That's what I want to know. Um, how many is actually a person standing in a real location with a camera on them? That's what I want to know. Where compared to, oh well, we built part of the cornfield when Batman, when Superman hugs Lois Lane and his mom well, in a stage, and it's very should... <laughs> obviously built in a stage. Funny issue you should mention it. Like the first real scene they do with the like fisherman bar is in Dupuvik, Iceland. Iceland, yeah. Where I've actually been to that and it's this tiny town on the very edge of like nothingness. And <laughs> they like do this sweeping shot 
and there's a bunch of people standing under this waterfall, and I'm like, God damn it, Zack Schneider, that's my composition. I took a photo of that, you son of a bitch. Yeah, he Fuck saw it on Facebook, and he stole it, dude. Yeah, he saw Facebook I know. He's, and been he stole watching, it. he's been watching my Facebook account. Bastard. <laughs> I figured as but, much. But yeah, so but there's you know, one real world scene. That's about it. Yeah, everything but, else yeah. is digital. But you know, <laughs> nine minutes, nine minutes into this movie, and Zack Snyder's name has appeared five times, and then we finally finish the opening credits. Like now, I have to deal with fucking title cards in this movie, like a mini series. Like this was the stupidest thing that I saw. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you know what, Zack? If you want to do a mini series, do a fucking mini series. Don't keep putting title cards up. I think I think it makes it feel more epic. Sure. Deserving like a four-hour runtime. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. But <laughs> so I know that Zach wanted four by three because IMAX. But the close-ups on the the business card that he hands to the Icelandic guy has just a sliver of Jason Momoa on the right-hand side, and they cut his eye like through the middle of his eye, and it clearly mm. looks improperly framed because you had to fucking cut it mm. off in order There's to put it in this weird, four by three weird frame. Things like in this four by three. You can tell if they're like cutting off the top and bottom for the letterbox kind of movie theater experience, or they're cutting off yeah. the sides for the four by three. But like the well, credits I'll... were like framed for like sixteen by nine or something like that. It felt yeah. weird how they. So I'll just I'll just say that. this because I know what kind of camera they shot this on. They didn't shoot it native four by three. They cropped the shit out of it. And on top oh. of that, like a lot of this movie, there's anamorphic lens flares in it. Which means they shot it anamorphic, which means it's two, three, five to one native aspect ratio. And cutting it to four by three means you're literally cutting out 50% of the image <laughs> in order to get it to where it needs to go. And I'm like, you're not opening it up. The whole point of IMAX is to open up the fucking aspect ratio, to open up the amount of image that you're seeing, not crop the living Christ out of it so that way you can feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I got a real question. Maybe the anamorphic lens flares are actually put in there in post. I don't know. <laughs> it's no. There's there's actual points of light in the scene. Right, so right. also, when when did Ben Affleck all of a sudden start speaking Atlantean and can translate between him so Jason Momoa can speak in Icelandic to the other guy? Like when did we learn this? Like how did he learn this? It wasn't introduced in Batman versus Superman. Batman yeah. wasn't in Aquaman, but all of a sudden he can speak Atlantean. It's just there, and they don't. They're like, oh yeah, and they never come back to it. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? What is this? Like, what the fuck is yeah, this? What's the point of the, what is the point of this scene, though? Seriously, that opening scene in Iceland. What is the point of that scene? It's a nice uh, location that grounds it in the real world. What yeah. happened <laughs> in that scene? What happened? Anything? I mean, he hands some uh, dude Jason a card Momoa, that they never come back to. Jason Momoa plays the reluctant hero card and goes away. He says he's not gonna. You know, he has to. That's his character arc, right? You know, he has to refuse to step up to his responsibilities, yada yada yada, until the end where he stabs the guy and stuff. <sighs> I'll get to I'll get to him stepping up because it's stupid. But why why are Icelandic people so morose in their song to the sea of Aquaman? Like Aquaman transfers off and they start singing, and I'm like, you know what? I, so by the way, Zach, just by the way. I heard this song that they're singing in a little movie called In the Bedroom, which is a fucking incredible movie with Tom Wilkinson. It is literally the same fucking song, but it's better than anything in this fucking movie. <laughs> I don't know that. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. By it's... the way, all, for all the Icelandic people that I interacted with, none of them had accents on their English. Like, they all spoke 
great English. Yeah. So, I mean, because, you know, learning Icelandic, maybe it's your first language, but it's not going to get you very far in the world. So, there's 323,000 people in Iceland. Everyone knows English in that country. It's great. Here's here's a weird question, Paul. Why does the Icelandic girl smell Jason Momoa's shirt when he goes off? By the way, he like takes <laughs> off his shirt in order to jump in the water, right? But yeah. he doesn't take off his pants. He doesn't take off his stylish booters belt. And mm. I'm just like, yeah. so does he just go around the world and remove his shirt as yeah. and well, not his pants and boots, and he just leaves them? He just leaves them on the shores of wherever he jumps off to, I mean, nice and he's constantly—he's I mean, constantly replacing shirts, bro. <laughs> what is this guy's fucking shirt budget? Like, good god! And couldn't you just track him by all of his breadcrumb shirts that he leaves on all the shores <laughs> behind him? Like, come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like a special, like a special charm that you give a, a virgin on the land or something. <laughs> you give her your wool, wool, wool sweater. Right. Before you go, and you know that will make her ripe for the next time you visit or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Uh, when when they cut to the outside of the uh, the Kent farm, right? There's bad prop work on the foreclosure sign outside the Kent farm. The phone number says seven eight five zero four five repo zero four five. Are you fucking kidding me, Zach? Like this sticks out worse than a sore thumb that says 555, like, hi, I'm a movie that you're currently watching right now, completely pulling me out of anything that you're trying to do, which is make me Wait, feel sad so that the they lost the Kent family. Is like a, another it fake. doesn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. It just, no, oh, they're no, they're no. back in America. 785045. If you dial any number that starts with zero or one like that in the pre-digit code, it won't dial through to anything because it is not a carrier code. That's all I'm saying. Like it's fucking stupid and it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like trying to dial 555. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But you know how you can tell that this is a Zack Snyder movie, Paul? Like really? Is by the completely out of place music selections, like using <laughs> Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Distant Sky, as Amy Adams wanders around sad about Clark and gives the cop co or the cop coffee is not the right choice for that moment. But besides the fact, on top of the fact that the raindrops yeah. are fucking huge in that scene, like, what is this, a torrential rainstorm that she's just get, walking through? How does he get those raindrops so big in all of his movies? Milk. What? Milk and rain machines. It's the same thing they did with care, with uh, singing in the rain, dude. You dump a bunch of milk into the fucking rain machine, and, like, the little bit of white catches the light differently than water, and it doesn't blend into steel or anything else. Huh. It actually shows up on the screen. God, imagine if you left the scene, like, the set afterwards and just let it kind of dry out. And... Putrefy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, By the way, my but... whole house smells like breast milk all the time. How's that? Sorry. You know, there's there's actually a really good market for that. Like, you can sell it to people uh, online that they put it on their cereal. Yeah, their you know, I don't want to go down that way. <laughs> I don't need that money right now. Okay. Maybe if we get desperate. <laughs> but, dude, so apparently, I, I talk... apparently, if you can't get breast milk, you should get camel milk. Because that's where the almost... fuck do you get camel milk? <laughs> there's camel farms around that have specialty milk. For, for... How do you milk a camel? Did... I mean, so I'm assuming that they cow, have udders. Yeah, I think they've got udders, but yeah. <laughs> that sounds learn. bad. Yeah. That sounds really bad. <laughs> Camel milk. All right, so, Paul, 
I, I want to talk about the 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 scene with the bank robbery or whatever the fuck that's going on, right? Like the dude walks into the bank and carries a briefcase up the stairs as a bunch of people get shot and he sets it down and there's like explosives in it and shit, right? But leading him into the bank, we cut to the briefcase 17 times <laughs> to the briefcase. And I'm like, I get it, Zach. The briefcase is important. Can it's we stop important. cutting to it? Can we just follow it upstairs? I'm like, I get it. The briefcase is important. Can we see anything else, Zach? But 20 minutes in, and the dude with the explosive briefcase, is he going to be the central villain? Because, like, they try to establish this big moment, but... Or am I going to have to wait another 20 minutes for someone to be introduced as the villain? Like, it's 20 minutes in, there's this villain, then all of a sudden another villain shows up, then another villain shows up, and I'm like, what is the story here? This whole thing about the bank robbery and Diana, like, intervening, like, it could just be cut. There's no reason for it to be in here. It has nothing to do with anything else that's happening in the movie. It's just showing Wonder Woman doing her thing. And I'm like, well, make up. the other Wonder Woman movie. Make <laughs> the other Wonder Woman movie. Put this in that. Well, they need to break up all of the, like, character development nonsense with some kind of This isn't character scene. development. It's not character development. It doesn't tell me anything about Diana. But so no, I saw I'm Wonder saying Woman. We don't care about Diana, but we need an action scene because there hasn't been one for at least like three what, minutes. 15, 15 three minutes. minutes. Yeah, three minutes. So, so Paul, I saw that, Wonder like, Woman bank robbery in uh, Dark Knight. Remember that? Like that yeah, was cool. But when right? was the next action scene after that? Pal? Well, no, I'm just saying that he needed an IMAX like kind of bank robbery-esque scene 20 minutes into the movie the he decided yeah. that he needed an action scene well yeah it was boring otherwise. oh my god all right so <laughs> paul i i saw wonder woman and batman versus superman and i yeah. know the lasso of wonder woman makes people tell truth right but why mm -hmm. does she need to say this every time she uh, said well, she wraps it around that, them actually I didn't know that. She start. Why the fuck does she need to say it every time? She's like, this lasso compels you to speak the truth. And I'm like, does the lasso not compel truth unless she says the little spell or explanation well, to these she people? Had to, what the she had to explain doing? it to me because I haven't seen any of the Wonder Woman movies <laughs> or know anything about her lasso of truth. Oh, my God. So I wouldn't understand the significance of her wrapping the lasso so around So if she him. wrapped a lasso around him and she started asking him questions and he was answering them truthfully... You wouldn't get that unless she told you that it makes him answer questions. Well, yeah, like, no, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he could be lying, whatever. I don't know. Oh, my God. All right. Why doesn't she ask more forcefully, like threaten him with violence or something and make him <laughs> tell the truth? Yeah. You know, I got I got a real problem with this movie with uh, the brief, <laughs> the, the terrorist saying that the briefcase of explosives is explosives is going to level four blocks. Right. From six blocks to C4. It's pretty doubtful, yeah, yeah. dude. You're it's, not gonna yeah. blow up four fucking blow the blocks. windows out of that room. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe break a couple columns, uh, kill yeah, a people I mean, inside. It's, yeah, it's not much. I mean, yeah, it's like a big room, even. So like, lots of huge windows. It's not big I just deal. happen to know this because I watch, um, or I watched MythBusters, and they were saying that one pound of C four can lift seven thousand pounds off the ground into the air. Right. Right. Like that's that's how much detonation or whatever it has so if you have six blocks of c4 like he does in that briefcase it's not a lot that's twenty-eight thousand pounds presumably that it could move of debris around it and that's not really that impressive that's all i'm saying it's not four yeah. blocks of fucking right. buildings but that's that also you have to like put that in a confined space to really like get it get it moving things and if you're just in the middle of a big room with lots of windows like right 
the pressure wave from that isn't going to damage that room that much. I mean, yeah, the right. windows, everyone's in there is going to die and the windows are going to get blown out. But you might not even like <laughs> total, you might not even totally destroy that building or that room. I mean, right. you might be able to fix it, salvage it, I don't know. Right. We'll have to go back to Mythbusters or try it ourselves. You know. <laughs> so, dude, the main terrorist shoots around, right? And Diana blocks it with her little, you know, arm cuffs or whatever. And even though the terrorist used the weapon, another terrorist used the weapon a second ago in auto mode in the scene prior, shooting a bunch <laughs> of people, magically it's in single shot for this moment. Yeah. But mighty greedy of Diana to wait for him to switch it to auto, yeah. block all of the shots as he's firing, which looks like shit, by the way, because she's like moving in a way that's completely unnatural and it looks like shit. And it's hokey as hell. <laughs> then, rather than kill him as he is reloading, she fucking blows out a wall, raining bricks down onto the police, and she kills the terrorist. Rather than just grab him and kill him and smash him <laughs> into a wall and preserve the building and safety of the police below. Like, she could have done that very easily. We've yeah. seen her move really quickly. She could have jumped on him she gets without having to she do this. a little more flair in her kills, you know? You know what I liked about that, Paul, is that she turns around and she asks the little girl if she is okay after the little girl literally just saw Diana turn a terrorist into fucking ash in front of her. <laughs> but yeah, sure, she's okay. She's not going to grow up with any fucking problems, like, especially when she was in that, like, room as the fucking thing went off or, like, her wrist thing went off loud enough to blow the windows out, but all their ears are perfectly fine and she's perfectly happy having seen this guy get vaporized in front of her. <laughs> But she only saw a man get liquefied man in front away. of her. But that's, yeah. All right. Well, finally, 28 minutes in, and Steppenwolf shows up, right? He's super detailed in tons of overly complicated armor. So he has to be the main antagonist, right? Yeah. Wrong. Because Aww. we have another antagonist that we need to add later, because why yeah, not? Yeah. But what, are, you know, Paul, what well, other the Darth movie. Vader to the Emperor, you know? Right? No. So. What other movie features a mega villain trying to collect artifacts to destroy the world again, Paul? Uh, you know, is, I think is I, it, I've is seen it, this. Is it's it actually like Infinity two, War? two movies. Or it can't be, man. Three. Collection I mean, Quest movies? Series? No, it, yeah, it yeah. can't be it. But, you know, why would they take such a second-rate storyline of Collection Quest movies and put a first-rate movie out that they spent $300 million on? <laughs> but Steppenwolf... I mean, what else are they going to do if they don't have anything to collect? I mean, what are they going to fight over? Fuck off. You know, they, they, have these, <laughs> they have these world ending weapons and I they have know, to wait for these world ending <laughs> weapons to like sink. And it takes like hours to sink. Right. Like, come but, on. What the I fuck? Mean, if there's nothing for them to like grab onto and fight over, then like what are all the action scenes going to be based on? I don't know. <laughs> have, have a bunch of hobos fighting in a parking lot and call it a movie. Yeah, I mean, bum cool. fights the movie, bro. Hobo with the shotgun. It's, it's hobo got with a, a shotgun. There you go. A hobo fighting in the parking lot scene or two. They could make a movie like that. But you know, Steppenwolf finally gets sh or gets shot up by a bunch of arrows, and all he has to do is flex, so they all pop out. Like that's great homoerotic imagery there, Zach. Thank you for that. There's a there's a good amount. Good yeah, story. but then part two now, you know, part Wait, two title card comes up. Who do you think up. has the best pecs in this movie? Probably Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, Harvey Cavill, or or uh, Ben Affleck. Henry Cavill. Henry, Harvey, whatever. <laughs> I'm thinking of Harvey Dent. Yeah, but. because you're thinking about a superior fucking movie <laughs> with Batman in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So you think uh, you think Jason Momoa? Huh? Right. Jason Momoa, yeah, he's got the only body that looks like realistic. Like when yeah, you look no, at Henry, Henry Cavill, he's just like <laughs> bursting everywhere, and you're like, "Come on, dude! Like, what the fuck is happening with this guy's yeah, body? He's like it's, roided it's out bit, to shit." Bit much. But you know what, Paul? I'm really glad that when they cut to Batman in his lair and he's shaving, that they do that close up on the Schick razor being turned around in the water, so you see <laughs> yeah, it rinsing yeah. off. Because so, uh, I'm so glad that a music video and commercial director had to make this movie because otherwise I wouldn't know what to buy at the store when yeah. I go. Well, Obviously, I need Batman's uh, razor. And, uh, yep, yeah, Mercedes. What else is in this movie that's pretty good? There's a Sony tape recorder. There is a Grab Sony tape Grab one of those recorder. because, you know, cell phone can't do that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, what else is there? There know. wasn't a lot beyond that that I yeah, remember. there wasn't too much. Just razor. No, it's not quite a Michael yeah. Bay movie, but yeah. you know, I mean, it's de- there's definitely some plenty shit of there. Mercedes feature cars there. Yeah, yeah, so let me ask you a question, bad. Paul. Like the janitor is cleaning up at Miles's lab, right, from Terminator Two, and he sees a giant hole in the ceiling and a man-sized winged creature behind a clear <laughs> curtain. Yeah, he still approaches it. Oh. And calls attention to himself mm -hmm. by pulling back the vinyl see-through curtain. And he's surprised that he gets attacked. Like, this is one brave motherfucker. Like, (laughs) if I saw a man-sized thing with wings on its back through a curtain, I would be like, nope, not going near that. (laughs) But this guy walks towards it. Like, what the fuck? I don't know, man. Has has the Miles... Guy, Miles Dyson, has he done anything besides, like, Super Scientist? I don't know. But it, it's kind of a good thing, though. At least he's not playing drug dealers or slaves. Like, they usually yeah, cast no. black people to play, so that's good. <laughs> For real, though. Or gangsters or whatever. Yeah. Like, at least they're having him play something intelligent, like, for once. Uh. But you know what, Paul? I want to talk about the ID sketch that the dude does at uh, Office of Special Investigations, right? As they're looking about the lab destruction. It looks like a fucking 10-year-old drew that. (laughs) It's not a professional sketch artist who does this for a living with a goddamn government. But you know what? You know what's most shocking about that, Paul, is that the eyewitness who is trying to describe this creature that he saw that's in quarantine, somehow the sketch artist draws it to look like Batman, right? And there's that whole sword storyline about, oh, Governor or, uh, you know, Commissioner Gordon needs to go talk to Batman, blah, 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 because <laughs> this looks sort of like Batman. But why would the witness, why would the first thing that he describes is a cape? Those creatures, the parademons don't wear capes. They kind of have these giant insect-like <laughs> wings that he just doesn't bother mentioning and glowing yeah. eyes. Like, you figured that that would be the first thing that he talks about and that the sketch artist would have no way of having a cape that he draws like he's a fucking 10-year-old <laughs> with a crayon. So, despite the beacon that was lit with the arrow that flew over 600 miles with no arc being given to the arrow, by the way, so wait, she like I'm barely confused. tilts it up. Is this like world where the the Amazonians live? I thought it was like some extra dimensional thing, but it, is it actually supposed to be? It's like on it's Earth? extra dimensional. It's not on Earth. It's oh, extra okay. dimensional. Right. So it's like, anyways, you know, that, that, that's kind of a big thing to miss. Like where all these like weird women and leather clad things live. And- <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's extra dimensional. Not, no. Okay, all right, all right. Sure. So anyway, so she barely tilts the uh, the arrow up, right? And somehow she shoots this arrow like 600 miles in order to land in Greece or wherever the fuck it is. But <laughs> the despite her shooting that arrow, and given that the arrow is being broadcast on 
television news for Diana to see it, like the the temple lit on fire or whatever. She literally walks right up to the scene of the fire that was just <laughs> swarmed with reporters, cops, and firefighters, and somehow the goddamn arrow is still, still stuck there. in the ground yeah. with no one around and the fire completely out. Like, did they just put out the fire and they're just like, you know what, let's all go home. We don't need news crews here covering anything. We're just going to leave all it's the evidence a, for anybody to walk up. We're not even going to tape it off. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's marble. It's not like it's going to burn or anything. Yeah, but my point is that they just left the arrow there, and they didn't even bother like taking pictures or having people there or like somebody to lock up the crime scene until they can figure out where the arrow came from and take it out of the fucking ground or whatever. But you know what, Paul? It's a good thing that Diana goes to some ancient temple that has the story of the cubes on the wall in fresco form, or else <laughs> I wouldn't know how many cubes there actually are. Or that Steppenwolf isn't the actual villain. That there's a mega villain that we haven't met met yet, and that's Dark Seed or whatever the fuck. But we're 51 <laughs> minutes in, and they finally are like, oh, you know what? We should actually introduce what this movie's actually about, which is them trying to keep Dark Seed from coming to the planet, which is the real super objective, even though there's all this bullshit about Steppenwolf Wait, grabbing the shit or whatever. Wait, is it Dark Seed or Dark Seed? Whatever! I don't care! I don't care. Because they never speak his name, so how the fuck am I supposed to know what he's called? No, they they never speak his huh. name. No. But Aquaman drinks a bottle of whiskey after sa saving a jerk off in the water, right? And while he <laughs> is the protector of the sea and talks about the importance of the ocean in the first movie and in Aquaman, he chugs the whiskey and smashes the bottle into the pier so that the glass can go into the ocean. <laughs> Not sure why, but this doesn't fit with his character. But he strips off yet another shirt and leaves him on the pier again. Like, again, what's this dude's shirt budget? Like, what the fuck does he do for a living in order to, like, afford all these shirts and sweaters and coats? I mean, he never seems to change his pants, so I'm wondering if his taint smells like a rotten fucking gym sock at this point. I mean, at least he's swimming around in maybe water, so maybe like he's washing taint, that dirty so taint off. Like... Yeah, it's true. What does a fish taint smell like? That's a good question. Uh, probably smells like fish. I don't know. <laughs> but he tosses his shirt into the ocean so that a fucking sea turtle can choke on it like huh. it's seaweed, thinking yeah. that it's seaweed and eat it. Like, this yeah. guy's a real protector of the ocean. It's just as bad as, like, throwing a bunch of plastic bags in there if his shirt's polyester. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing, Paul. I don't understand this, is that Aquaman is one of... Every one of these characters is boring as shit, by the way. Like, Batman's kind of interesting, but... Diana's kind of interesting, <laughs> but like fucking Superman and Aquaman are just boring shit. Superman, nothing can kill him except for a kryptonite piece of kryptonite stabbed through him. And even that doesn't kill him because they can clearly bring him back in this. He doesn't like disintegrate. <laughs> but Aquaman's even more boring because his whole power is that he can control the ocean. He can control the sea. He can control water. He can yeah. move fish around. And he can blow bubbles and suck oxygen out of people <laughs> and dehydrate them with a single touch. But I'm like, is is that is that it? Like that's your superpowers that you can swim yeah. around really fast in the yeah. ocean and control fucking yeah, whales? Like what is so interesting that we needed a fucking Aquaman movie? Why do we need this guy, dude? He's boring so wait, as shit. What, you said you saw that movie? Yeah, Aquaman. What yeah. what happens? I mean, 
see you know what happens is that stuff. there's these guys there's these guys in crab like fucking suits that are filled with water because they're underwater guys and they can't be living on land and they're chasing <laughs> him on land and he fucking bashes him in the face and one guy he smashes his head on the wall so his like face shield breaks and all the water drains out of his fucking suit so in that scene he sees a toilet and he sees water so he thinks that he's going to stick his head in the water of a dirty toilet so he can suck in air from the water because he's got gills and he needs to feed his fucking gills or whatever the fuck yeah. that's what Aquaman is is scenes where people shove their heads in toilets in order to breathe that's what aquaman is. sounds classy nice. yeah classy real classy from the director of saw no less by the way yeah he, oh, he directed uh, that so okay. but another trademark of zach paul is using obvious songs in order to undercut any drama in a scene right like using nick cave in the bad seeds there is a kingdom where they say king over and over again when the king of the fucking ocean is looking at the ocean just in case you didn't get that he's the king of the ocean you got nick cave whining into a microphone telling you what's what <laughs> So, what movie was it that there has a guy, or that there's a guy that is railing against his responsibility as a king, Paul? Is it The Lion King? No, it can't be. They wouldn't thieve from the most famous Disney movie of all time and drop a ham-fisted plot point into a $300 million movie, would they? They wouldn't dare do that. Well, I mean, like, are the Aquaman comics like that, or... I don't know. I didn't uh, read the Aquaman uh, comics, because other than Batman, I didn't give a fuck about DC. (laughs) Maybe it's just an Aquaman comic thing. I don't know. The Lion King stole it from that. But in fact, it's, you know, stolen from King Lear, Shakespeare and all that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) But besides fact... So Diana just so happens to narrate the battle scene so that we know what the mother boxes are and what they do. And also a more advanced civilization (laughs) can take over a less advanced civilization. Like, I don't I still don't get this point. Why the fuck are they on Earth? Like, I know that they're looking for, like, the anti-life or whatever, which is the stupidest name for something, by the way. Like, why are they just wandering from world to world trying to find where the anti-life is? And they're like, oh, we're going to take over this world now. And somehow it takes forever to try to take over this world of a bunch of people that all you need to do is tell them, hey, you know what? The liberals lied about something again and they'll go fucking crazy (laughs) and kill each other instead of like aiming their guns at the fucking aliens. And then they'll be like, oh, the aliens are just a a liberal conspiracy. You know, like, don't listen to the (laughs) mainstream media. None of this is real. Come on, like for real. It's not hard at this point in this world. It's not hard to take over the world if you're an alien civilization. But all of this is occurring while what Diana calls a a technology so advanced it looks like it's sorcery can't sink in less time than it takes to defeat the enemy. This is the biggest problem with this movie is they're like, oh, all the cubes are together. They're going to sink and form the unity and blah, 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 blah. But it takes like hours for it to sink. I'm like, what is this? A shitty Wi-Fi connection signal that keeps from sinking? Like, what the fuck is happening with these cubes? Takes like uh, nanoseconds to set off a nuclear weapon. So I mean, why do the why do these stupid cubes take so long? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, no that that scene's one of my the... favorite. Just <laughs> the over the top like '80s WWE wrestler style of the battle scene of just like the dudes being like the most dude you could be. Yeah, just, yeah there's a lot of hyper masculine shit going on in this, but. <laughs> It's a good thing, too, Paul, that there were only three boxes for the three races that conquered the enemy. Uh, because yeah. otherwise, if there was a fourth culture in there, they might feel left yeah, out. Well, that they don't like get Middle to Earth. You got the, uh, you know, you got the elves, <laughs> the dwarves, and the humans. 
Fuck the hobbits. Yeah, but Sauron made enough rings for all those people. See, there were only three boxes that they but brought right, to Earth. But and there was only the three hobbits. races, apparently. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hobbits good shit. Sure. I guess they could have made only three boxes, knowing that there was only three races on this planet <laughs> that they were trying to take over. The men bury their box in a fucking grave that's only two feet down in the ground. Like, what the fuck? They are yeah, the dumbest they're not people. Real man. Hard are they? No, they're not. Everybody else has like these fucking. Does like, explain brilliant... what happened to those Viking dudes? Is no, it? it's just okay. gone. It just they're disappears, just and then they go and they get the cube, and like they never even show that part where they get that cube, or maybe they did, and I just didn't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember. But I think it's the cube the that ended up in Dyson's lab. lab. Yeah, 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 I but... think that's it. The Nazi, that he buries oh, wait, no, in his they mom's grave. That the Nazis oh, right, the or Nazis some or some shit. Yeah, all that noise. Still, I don't yeah, remember what that it never was. explains what happened to the Viking guys. So yeah, uh, whatever. But you know what, Paul? Now we're at part three. Okay, like how many yeah. fucking parts are in this movie? Uh, I'm like, when okay, I saw there's that usually title three parts. Card, to a movie. I was like, oh yeah, it reminds me of the Blues Brothers when he's like, yeah. the band. Let's get the band back together, man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. It's the yeah getting the band back together part of the movie yeah it's blues brothers but a superhero movie (laughs) (laughs) but without any good music so yeah the truck driver i want to talk about the truck driver who drops his burger on the floor and spends an inordinate amount of time trying to grab it from the floor of his truck like at least 30 seconds he's down there digging around if i drop a burger like covered in melted cheese and grease on the floor of my car i'm not picking that up except maybe to throw it out the window (laughs) out the window because yeah no i'm not shit after that i mean the floor of my car is just <laughs> fucking filthy man you step in shit you get in your car and you don't realize that you have dog shit on your shoe there's, yeah, dog shit there's on all the, the other burgers that have dropped on the floor <laughs> <laughs> out the window there. I mean, it's, it's disgusting uh, i was thinking about like since i have a kid now about selling my car and getting like a larger vehicle Then I, like, started looking into actually selling it and how much work I'd have to do to make it sellable. And I'm like, fuck, (laughs) Just take the Kelly Blue Book value on the fucking trade-in, dude. Yeah, well, it's, like, worth... If if I sold it now in its condition, the Kelly Blue Book would be worth half of what it would be worth if I, like, actually... (laughs) Cleaned it up. Cleaned it up. Yeah, so it's worth, like, six grand. You're still throwing, like... (laughs) Piles of fucking Starbucks cups in the passenger seat. No, you know I don't. I don't actually go to drive-throughs anymore. One because I don't drive anywhere now, but two because got over that as well. And there's like no drive-throughs in Seattle. Like yeah, nothing in the yeah. city. So it's nice actually. It's like we're a real yeah. city and not fucking strip mall that's you know <laughs> twenty miles in diameter, whatever. Yeah. So. You mean New Jersey? Yeah. Well. Albuquerque, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, bro, on top of him digging around for his burger for like 30 seconds and a miracle of not hitting anything, right? This girl who's like staring at the flash in the pet store decides to take off, right? So she pulls into traffic. And at, thir- at first, I thought it was going to be that he's going to collide with her, that right. she's not paying attention. She's looking. Yeah, but somehow sense. she only accelerates 30 feet. She's barely going 15 miles an hour. But she rams into the side of the fucking semi so hard that her car starts accordioning <laughs> and she's being thrown out of the vehicle. 
And I'm yeah. like, how fast did she accelerate in that like that seventy foot like span to the I know, vehicle? Right? I'm like, that looks like an old land yacht. It could get up to like sixty in maybe ten seconds if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. She's She'd barely be rolling at this point, especially since she's looking at him and she wants to maybe extend the moment by looking at him. So yeah. she's not going to like floor it the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? She's not running away from him. She's staring yeah. at him. Yeah. But again. Uh, so here's another part of this movie that I like. I like pretty much all the, the scenes with Flash. Why? Like, why? I don't know. Because he's charming in a it's nerdy. Stupid, kind of... dude. It's stupid. <laughs> and I like. I like how they do his like weird slow mo stuff, like especially his introductory scene where he's all like smitten and it, like time slows down. And it's love at first sight. Sure. So let's talk about how poetic it is, Paul. Because and, he, and he grabs a hot dog out of the air. No, I, I don't want to get to that yet. So there, there's a poor music choice here, right? That it's the it's the song "Song to the Siren," which was originally sung by this mortal coil. As I love that song as much as the next person, but using it here as the Flash, I fucks a woman who is about to be killed in a car accident as she flies through the air, <laughs> does not send the right vibe for the scene. This is bad music choice, Zach. But the Flash pulls the hot dog out of thin air in a, in a very obviously phallic nature right next to her face and sticks it in his pocket for a later moment. But as if he is being turned on by this girl who is about to die in an insanely detestable way. So Zach focusing on the <laughs> lyric, waiting to hold you in the song as we come out of slow motion is insanely obvious. This is another big problem that I have with Zach's music choices. He always uses <laughs> the most obvious part of the song that it's almost like a fucking Randy Newman song narrating what you're watching. I'm like, I get it, Zach. But on top of that shit, the scene itself in the artifice of filmmaking is slow and kind of a soft caress of her, right? Like, so he's like softly caressing her and putting her on the ground. But in context of what's actually happening outside of the filmmaking world in the real world, quote unquote, is that all of this happens in a billionth of a second. So he essentially slams this bitch into the pavement at full <laughs> speed. And even on top of that shit, her car somehow gets up to 100 miles an hour in order to flip a dozen times and explode <laughs> in the middle of the street, all from a 30-foot acceleration. This is just dumbass filmmaking at its finest. I hate this shit, dude. It's so bad. But you know what, Paul? Oh, I thought it was sweet. You know what, Paul? I'm going to back up a second to the hot dog, right? Because that reminds me of my sandwich beef of the oh, week this week. Oh, So there's this place in Oyster Bay, Long Island, called the Central Avenue Deli, right? It's dope. Don't get me wrong. Any New Yorkers out there who are listening that want to take beef with, beef with me on this, I'm not saying that their food tastes like shit. They are a good deli, but, but <clears throat> they need to get their bread game under control. You see, this week I wandered in there for some food while I was on lunch in this new movie that I'm doing for Netflix, right? I hear a guy ahead of me. He has this sandwich that gets called out, right? It's called The Soprano. Sounds cool. I'm like, I love the show. I wonder what the hell this sandwich is. So I wander up and I inquire on what the Soprano is. Dude tells me all the key words for an Italian masterclass of a sandwich. Mozz, capricola ham, pepperoni, prosciutto, mm. salami, caramelized onions, roasted red peppers, balsamic Jesus. clays. 
all on this sandwich. Oh, You're speaking my language. Yes, I exclaim <laughs> as this dude goes to make my sandwich. He comes back a few minutes later with my grilled panini, right? I pay and I get back in my car and head to the stage and I park in the sun to eagerly unwrap the sandwich and see what awaits me, right? I reveal a sandwich dripping with so many juices that it's leaked through the deli paper and brown paper bag it was contained in, right? No biggie, I think. That happens as I unwrap the foil it's contained in. As I go into Nosh, I realize that the panini bread is the thinnest bread that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm talking that it looks like a wrap. As I try to pick this up, it is a leaking disaster all over my hands, <laughs> dripping down in my lap, down my forearms, etc. Now look, this didn't change the quality of the sandwich. It was still delicious, and I will definitely go back. But if this is what is passing for panini bread these days, I weep for the state of the world. I say this like I did with Jackson Hole in Queens, with respect this week. If this is what you want to call panini bread, Central Avenue Deli, I'd rather you fucking fuck right <laughs> off with that bullshit. Don't piss on my foot and call it rain. Don't serve a shitty wafer-thin piece of bread to me and call it a panini bread. Go fuck yourself, respectfully, especially if you're going to give it the namesake of what it is, the soprano. bastards yeah like a panini it needs to be i don't know like it's gotta have that substance to it it's, you yeah know, it's gotta it's be gotta like have a little bit of crunch or something. yeah but if it's just yeah. soaked through what the fuck i don't know man uh, they let's go down them. The let's go down there throw a molotov <laughs> through the window teach them us <laughs> you know I, i'm not advocating for violence against oh, okay. italian americans right now <laughs> I, I thought you were for a second all right no 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 sorry it's i was just <laughs> You, the logical conclusion these days, though, immediately yeah. let's commit violence on whoever we don't like. So yeah, maybe why? we'll probably like if we ever get a fan base, which you know is a big if. <laughs> we'll have to be more careful about shitting on certain people, otherwise, you know. I always do it in crazy context, fan. Some crazy fan is going to be like, "God damn it! They ruined your <laughs> sandwich." I'm gonna get my gun, go down there and kill those pedophiles, <laughs> whatever. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't want to have no, another Pizzagate situation happen. By the way, Central Avenue Deli does not have a child sex ring underneath it, so do not get the wrong idea. <laughs> but dude, why why does Steppenwolf's armor move around constantly? Like, is you it think because Steppenwolf the name are of cool? a band or something? Yes, yes, okay. it's the name of a band, and did it's they... the name of a fucking Leonard Skinner or not a Leonard Skinner song, a Led Zeppelin song. So, do they name the thing after the? comic the band? book person or the I, band i have i have no idea and i don't care to be honest right. with you because his name steppenwolf has nothing to do with the song or the fucking band or any of that <laughs> shit and i was just like what the fuck why is he called steppenwolf but it's Damn. again dude this this kind of element is not necessary to the story there's no reason to spend all this money on the visual effects of him moving around his suit moving around and then they never capitalize on it beyond the spiders coming out that can read people's thoughts. Like, nothing you know, else happens. It just so, looks cool and it's overly complicated, you know. Yeah, which is what Zack Snyder likes to do with his visual <laughs> effects. So we're an hour and it's 15 where half minutes of into the this movie. million dollar budget for this extra yeah, on Steppenwolf's suit. Little suit thing, yeah. So we're an hour and 15 minutes into this movie and all and all Amy Adams, six time Academy Award nominee, <laughs> Amy Adams has done is mope around. Yeah. Great Bechtel test here, Zach. 
women only need their men, apparently. They mean nothing otherwise without their men, and they wander around crying and moping all the time. Even though she was supposedly a great reporter who was her own person before meeting him, his death just kind of fucked up her whole world, and she doesn't even want to go back to work because we all know women apparently can't exist in movies without well, their men. I mean, what's the name? Cyborgs and Mopey, too. They have emotions, Gabe. They hurt, and they feel... <sighs> Everybody bleeds. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> so Batman says Barry Allen, the Flash, was caught on video for one thirtieth of a second, right? But in the frame that we see on his computer, we see Barry smear out of the frame, meaning by definition, we would have had to have seen him for at least one more frame in order to get the smear. Because if he had disappeared for one thirtieth of a second, it would be a jump cut. He would be there, and then he'd be gone. There wouldn't be the smear or the fucking crack of light or anything like that. But you know what? Well, okay. So, I mean, writers write the movie and the dialogue, but then the filmmakers actually make it. You know what I'm saying? That's my point. Is that people on set know that the the writer can say what he wants. Right. But in the scene... The the, the DP is going to try to explain to the writer, the screenwriter, that that's stupid. If the line says that he disappeared for one thirtieth of a second, show it in the fucking screen. You know what I mean? Show him there for one second, and he disappears for that one frame, and then he's back again. You can see a frame flash. That's what happened in fucking Fight Club, where there's all the Brad Pitts that appear at the beginning of the movie. He's literally on it for one frame, but you know you saw something, you just don't know what it well, was. if the camera sensor was exposing for that thirtieth of the second, then it would be a smear if he moves in that portion where the shutter, I mean, since it's not he, a real shutter, but you know what I'm saying? Like he if said, the exposing, it then it would be Ben Affleck said that he disappeared for one thirtieth of a second, but we don't see that one thirtieth by the second that he disappeared. He said, why are we fucking arguing about this stupid shit? It's goddamn. <laughs> because it's did. such a small little detail that they could have not fucked up on. I'm sorry, but you know what? It's the truth. Uh, all right, so let me ask you this. Why did the bull and the bear have to fight in the scene about the stock market? <laughs> Why did that need to happen? Because it's cool and fights and everything. Because man. we can't visualize the stock market as anything but a bull and a bear and them right. fighting? Like... They're complete opposite ends of the market. That's why they're called the two different things that they are. They would never be in the same place at the same time. But besides the fact, even if they were real. They're contending with each other. It's, you know. Sure. But he visualizes (laughs) a stack of cash growing to give the single mom more money, right? Like, that's how they visualize that he's giving her more money. Not that it's ones and zeros. Not that he's hacking, whatever. It's literally a fucking visual aid of small cash to large cash. Which I is mean, stupid. Maybe that's how his human part of his cyborg brains interprets what the digital part of his brain is doing. All right, so, so all how he has about to this, do then? is imagine that she has a big fat stack of cash on her and his cyborg brain like carries out that <laughs> will, you know. So let me let me put it this another way then, but rather than just give her the money in her account, right? We see the ATM flash and say you've won the German bank money lottery or some shit, right? Cuz that's not suspect or anything. Like if I had if I inserted my <laughs> ATM card and it started saying that, I would be trying to rip that shit out and be like, "No, yeah. no, not today. You're not taking I my mean, money if today." You were broke, maybe you'd be like, "Maybe I got lucky. Fuck it. I'm taking it." <laughs> 
I'm gonna get as much you know, cash as I can while I can. On on top of her, <laughs> on top of her being kind of slow when it comes to this kind of thing, and like how stupid the visualization is of giving her money, she somehow doesn't notice this giant hulking man <laughs> wearing a fucking sweater that's glowing red eye and red chest, staring at her in the rain. He's like twenty feet away from her, and she doesn't see him. But whatever. Uh-huh. But Barry, the Flash, <laughs> lives the down. Would you, uh, <laughs> would you notice the giant robot standing? He was standing there before she won the lottery, bro. That's my point. You wouldn't notice a giant fucking man like standing there in his hoodie, getting rained Maybe on, especially if his eye was closed. His mind as being there when, in fact, he was only watching security camera footage, which is funny because sure. you see her like looking at her eviction notice, and there's like. 12 different angles of security yeah. camera footage of her looking at her eviction notice yeah. in a shitty apartment building. That's pretty amusing to me, but whatever. And they're all at like eye level rather than being way up in the corner somewhere. <laughs> but Barry, Barry lives down by the railroad tracks in an abandoned area, right? Because, of course, while he has a super expensive place that's inside of this it looks like this rundown building because no one's going to notice this guy that looks like a nerd walking on the railroad tracks to this abandoned building and unlocking it any one time but he walks in and it's like a super expensive place full of computer monitors that no one has discovered because movie cliche on top of the fact that it's sucking all this power (laughs) The, the fucking energy company would be like why is that abandoned building sucking all this power on the grid like what is that and then they'd go over and they'd find his hideout no more barry <laughs> they'd arrest him for trespassing yeah. at the very least but I mean, maybe or he could have found a little uh little place to run his extension cord to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah juice off of somebody else yeah but ben That's affleck okay. says that barry's suit is a silicone or silicon based high heat material like they use on the space shuttle to keep them from burning up on re-entry so ceramic yeah. Yeah, which so. wears down and breaks like so much that they have to replace hundreds of tiles on the shuttle every time after re-entry. But Barry's suit is somehow impenetrable by implication and not being affected by this like super fast running. If it is true, his suit is fragile as shit and it would shatter every time that he uh, tried to run. It's just fiberglass basically. I mean, it's itchy. That's not what they but... put on the bottom of the fucking pl- or on the bottom of the shuttle. Like it's ceramic I... tiles. He said silica or whatever. I mean, it's basically sand. He's wearing a sand suit. Basically That's what glass, they want you to know. fiberglass. Yeah, Fiber. shatters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fiberglass I mean, is polyester surprised... and glass particles, dude. Or no, glass polyester. Shards. No, fiberglass is just glass. It's just glass, but glass when you stretch it really thin actually gets pretty flexible. You'd be surprised how like flexible it is when it's super thin. While it's in solid form, it's yeah. flexible. Well, it's in a glass state. Glass state is kind of a weird. Yeah, it's kind of a cross liquid between actually. liquid and glass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, solid, solid. Yeah. So shut the fuck. It's fine. <laughs> it's fiberglass suit. That's what it is. It's good. Fiberglass can withstand. It's a goddamn comic book. Batman oh has God. like a Stop. robot that climbs up walls <laughs> and shit. He's when... a guy who has laser eyes in this movie game. <laughs> I mean... Can I talk about physics for a second, Paul? Because okay. when right. when Bruce throws his batarang 
it rolls yeah. around the center of the material, right? Like throwing stars and boomerangs don't fly like that. They're oblong. Like when they fly, the point that departs their hand is the center point of the center of gravity that it, like or the center of rotation that it rotates around. It causes this oblong spin to it. No, it's, it's, spin in it's the center. conservation momentum. Anything you throw will rotate around its center of mass, which is in the middle of the batarang. So why do boomerangs and knives fly weird then? Well, the boomerang has that v shape right so its center of mass isn't actually on it's like a point in space but there's no actual material there yeah it, it undulates around. around that right. right yeah same thing with the knife so why does a oblong batarang spin around its center rather than undulate like anything else because batman especially when it's v shape he, he balanced oh it God. to fly that way okay all right all right i'm gonna move on <laughs> But finally, <laughs> finally, 93 minutes in, Bruce says what he is finally there oh God, for, really? to assemble, to assemble a Justice League. 93 minutes it takes for him to finally get to the point of it, which is I'm assembling a Justice League. But then there's a fucking ad for Mercedes, because why not? <laughs> but Alfred, Alfred shows Diana a gauntlet that he made for Bruce Wayne that captures and stores, stores energy and dissipates it, right, from a plasma rifle that Alfred shoots at it. So sort of like another Marvel movie that I know of called Black Panther, where like he conserves energy that goes into his suit and it dissipates. Yeah, that was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't have stolen from another movie and another superhero, could they have? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. But the computer that Diana uses goes on the fritz and it starts glitching in front of her. And Diana looks at it and says, something isn't working. Oh, really, Diana? Do you think huh. so? What was your first clue? Was it because I the mean, screen Gabe, was glitching? She's, she's old. Old people have trouble <laughs> with computers. She's 5,000 years old, yeah. <laughs> they have trouble with their <laughs> technology, you know? But... As Cyborg talks to Diana, his Iron Man heart cheats to camera right and causes an anamorphic lens flare because this movie, again, was not shot in 4x3. It was cropped. Uh. But Victor goes full emo and decides to dig up his mom's grave to bury the companion cube, right? Because that's not obvious. But beyond that, he digs <laughs> with his hands and by punching the ground because he doesn't have a better way of doing this, apparently. Right. Like, I know it's dramatic and it looks really filmic with him hammering into his mom's grave. But I'm just like, he's hitting that thing with some force. Like, he's crushing the casket that his mom is in <laughs> and, like, presumably pummeling her body with fucking you know matter and shards of wood and shit but you know paul jk simmons's wig has to be one of the worst things that i've seen in this world like that man is balding <laughs> and that wig is something to behold but you know why why is it that atlanteans have to form an air bubble underwater in order for them to speak to each other can't they communicate underwater but they always form air bubbles and then they both go into the air bubble that way they can have a conversation i mean they make whale noises to each other they show one of the scenes where they're like going but it's not as filmic or as serious <laughs> as an air know? bubble they can't have like a a face-to-face -face, like shot reverse shot where it's like other the other one's like why not district nine had clicking <laughs> yeah i i get what you're saying yeah Just, you know for the movie let game. it let it go is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> and i mean they do like some cool things with the air bubbles like when they when they fight the dude they like make air bubbles around him so he falls and stuff 
Yeah. And then they collapse the air bubbles, and that actually is a thing called supercavitation, where <laughs> that yeah. force of all that water coming down on one single point is yeah, it's a lot. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it can also, it can actually cause like uh, light and heat to be released when it collapses that quickly, like the uh, like yeah, the bullet yeah, shrimp or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. So Steppenwolf shows up and beats up Aquaman with essentially five hits and takes the second cube, right? Like all of these people suck at defending <laughs> these cubes. Like Steppenwolf doesn't even have to try, bro. Right. Well, I mean, but, yeah, he's he's more badass than they are, I guess. So real Can't you question tell by though, his like really fancy CG suit armor, thing? yeah. Yeah. So real question, Paul, does Steppenwolf have to put the companion cubes in the metal monolith in order to use the cubes? I don't get this. The metal monolith yeah, is just there in that like nuclear power station or whatever, and he just sticks them in and they can form into like yeah. uh, a hologram of some kind. This is like I, I know that they don't need to explain it, but like where did the fucking monolith come from? It just shows up and it's just there. I don't know what the fuck the point of that monolith is. I thought it was supposed to be some like old nuclear reactor thing or something. That I don't know. Maybe it's like cool. a giant thing like the elephant's foot at the bottom of Chernobyl. You know, that like <laughs> yeah. slag that's melting through the Earth's crust right now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I watched... So there's this dude on YouTube and... He just records himself going around doing, like, weird shit. But his main thing is, like, sneaking onto freight trains and, like, traveling across different countries mm -hmm. while, you know, like, deadheading or... Not deadheading. He's, like, hoboing, basically. But he's, like, a modern day. But one of them, he breaks into Chernobyl. Not the actual Chernobyl itself, but, like, all the, the exclusion zone. Mm -hmm. and, like, spends all this time exploring. It's pretty sweet. I think I've seen that him. guy. He like he has videos of him like wandering through the old uh, Olympic villages as they were, like the the facility set up for people that work at Chernobyl and whatnot. That's who you're talking yeah, about, right? Maybe, you want to maybe see I don't know. I mean, he's like a Russian the, guy, right? Who's like in his twenties. I think he's he's not Russian. I don't know where he's from, Europe mm. or Canada or something. But <laughs> it's kind of entertaining. Yeah, that is entertaining. Anyway, so, Chernobyl is now a tourist site. You go yeah. on a tour bus there. I didn't think that was could be a thing, but you can tour Fukushima <sighs> too now, dude. Yeah. It's like dropped enough supposedly that you can tour it as long as you okay. don't stay in one place for more than ten minutes. They gotta get nice. you the hell out of there. So now we're in part four of this movie, right? And all I can think of is how many parts are in this fucking <laughs> thing. Like this is is this a play yeah. in seven I think, acts? I thought like, maybe like part four would be the end, but. <laughs> Apparently, there's yeah, a lot I, more. I thought at first when it got to part three that I was just like, it's gotten to part three too quickly. I thought there was only three parts of this movie, like every movie, but this yeah. is like seven acts now that they go through, and I'm just like, God damn. The Justice League minus Aquaman are in the abandoned power plant, and Alfred says there's a staircase to your left, right, when they're at the bottom of the power plant. And these assholes, despite Barry being fast, Diana and the cyborg being able to fly, and Batman has a rappling gun, they fucking walk up the staircase like 15 flights and they cut to them like arriving <laughs> at the top staircase. And I was like, my God, this is uh, really, really uh, entertaining filmmaking here, Zach. I'm right. having to watch people walk upstairs, even people that can fly. <laughs> but Batman says to Cyborg, I'm real when it's useful. To what? The script? Like, when is he being useful <laughs> to anybody? Like, I'm confused by this line. Yeah. Miles Batman's Correa... 
Batman is more of an executive superhero. You know, he delegates most of the time. Yeah, to people with yeah. real superpowers that <laughs> can just really fucking vaporize him. Yeah. You know, I wish, I really wish they had more scenes of him just getting his ass kicked like over and over again by like. Because you enjoy watching Bennett like getting his, the shit yeah. kicked out of him. Yeah, and being like, uh, maybe I'm outclassed here and I should maybe just go back to being a rich guy. And, <laughs> there's a literal god from another planet like trying to fuck up everything in front of me. Maybe I should get out of here. But Miles courageously says, I'll die before I tell you where the mother box companion cube is, right? And Steppenwolf retorts with, you'll die if you don't. But he doesn't have to say this. Like, all Steppenwolf has to do is put the spider on his forehead, and Miles doesn't need to say anything. Just tie him to a fucking chair and put the spider on his head. No pomp and circumstance, no pontificating. Well, they wanted to give Cube Miles found. a few more lines. but Cube is found, <laughs> movie is over. You know, like, <laughs> you know, this pontification. By the way, this Batman voice that fucking Ben Affleck does is terrible. <laughs> it sounds like Wilford Brimley <laughs> is trying to talk with a, me- with a mouthful of egg salad. That's exactly what it sounds so, like. I, I figure I know your answer, but who is the better Batman voice? Is it Christian Bale, like oh, Batman, or is it more of a, a you know, uh, what's gonna call it, Michael Keaton? I'm Batman. So Michael Keaton, know? Michael Keaton just whispers. I don't count that as like a Batman voice because yeah. like his voice, you can understand it and you can hear it and you might yeah. know that it's Bruce Wayne's voice. Uh, Batman. Does, does Val Kilmer do a, a different Batman voice? Or is no, he does his regular voice. He doesn't. Um, all he has is the fucking mask on. He doesn't change his voice. I mean, you know my <laughs> answer. It's gonna be Christian Bale, but I think that Christian Bale took it a little too far with the Dark Knight. As much as I love that movie. But I don't think that it's as bad in the other two movies. Like, The Dark Knight, it's pretty over the top. But, like, <laughs> Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises, he toned it down on both of those movies. So I don't know exactly why that is. I think but... Batman Begins, he has the most over the top version of his Batman voice. When was the last time you saw Batman Begins? Oh, only like a couple weeks ago, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say, I just rewatched it again the other day, and I think that you'd be surprised. But like, yeah. if you compare well, that with Dark Knight... It's been a while Knight, since I've seen Dark Knight. So. Yeah. Anyways, well, it's, on, it's on Netflix, too. We're so. talking about, yeah, we're talking about way better movies than this piece <laughs> of shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but how, when, how far are we into this movie now? God damn it. It's been uh, like almost, two hours. Already. Almost two hours that you're into this movie. <laughs> and we're two hours into this podcast. All right. Cool. Yeah. So when 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 Barry runs on the wall to help Diana by pushing her sword toward her, right? He he runs on the wall and he like pushes the the tip of the sword, just the tip by the way. He pushes the tip of the sword toward Diana and she grabs it in slow motion even though her reflexes could not have functioned that quickly for her to grab it. They clearly show that she is slower than what the Flash is well, doing. Well, I mean, he only nudges it and I mean, she's fast enough to stop bullets. So, so he's me, much faster than her, but she's still fast enough to catch to him. To grab it, but not blink. Like, okay, all right, fine. But yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. So, But didn't I see this in another fucking superhero movie, Paul, with a guy that's super fast, that's running around a room, and he's like pushing shit around in slow motion? I think it was this fucking movie called X-Men Days of Future Past, where he's running around huh. the kitchen, and he's fucking with people, and he's, like, setting up all the cooks and, like, all the... Fu- or, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. all the uh, gunmen in the kitchen in order to get hit by shit in the kitchen. And then when he comes out of his super fast run, everybody gets smacked in the face with something, and they all fall down. I well, think came, that that's the same first, movie. 
Flash or X Men. X Men. <laughs> X Men was created uh, before the Flash, but yeah. Really? Uh, yes. They couldn't possibly have taken that from that, right? But I mean, even beyond that, Days of Future Past was three years before this movie, so they couldn't have stolen from another movie, could they, Paul? I mean, that that wouldn't make sense for an Academy (laughs) Award-winning writer to take any story elements from other movies. But anyway, so Steppenwolf uses a missile and blows a hole in the wall of the harbor, and the god of the ocean, this is what I want to talk about, about Aquaman's responsibility (laughs) and his powers, right? The god of the ocean... Aquaman can't stop a fucking wave, useless fuck that he is, as the water pours into the giant tunnel that they're in. Despite Diana and Cyborg being able to fly, Batman has his grappling gun and fucking Barry can run fast, enough to defy gravity by the centripetal force. They think the best way to get out of this hole (laughs) as the water's pouring into it is to hang on Batman's slow-moving vehicle. How does this make sense? Like, all these people, how does this make sense? But, I mean, even beyond that, he can't stop, Aquaman can't stop a wave of all things. The one thing, he's literally on the bottom of the ocean, popping air bubbles that he can stand in, (laughs) but all of a sudden he can't stop this one little wall of water coming through the hole. Does he try to stop it, or is he just kind of like messing with it? He was inside the tunnel. He could have stopped it as Uh, a wall at the tunnel. He didn't need for it to fill up the the goddamn thing and like Hmm. threaten to drown them, but whatever. (laughs) So, Paul. I love how how they make fun of how useless Aquaman is in the boys. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going on a mission. Sorry. Uh, What's his name in the the boys? Uh, Not the wave. The fuck is his name? I don't remember actually now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but they're like, oh, sorry, it's not by the harbor. You can't really <laughs> do anything. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. He can't fight in the middle of the desert. What the hell is he going to do? <laughs> so, what exactly is the mega villain's goal, Paul? He says something about anti life and about taking revenge on those who stood against him, but is that it? Like what? What um, is anti-life, and why do um, they need it? Like they never explain this. He goes on like this long monologue, and they say anti-life like six times, but they never explain well, what it I is or why they, they need it. They say that it's just like um, that Marvel movie where that guy needs to like kill off half the people because he likes control or something. Oh right, Basically, yeah. I think Thanos, it's the same yeah. thing. He just wants to control everything in the universe. So yeah, the anti-life is uh, the gauntlet snapping. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, there's no way that they stole that from Marvel, but you know, no, whatever. No, no. So I mean, how <laughs> else do they? I mean, can you top that? Like, you know, the ultimate power where he just kills everyone in the universe on a whim because he can. I mean, is there anything more powerful than that? I mean, how are they no. going to, how are they going to top But that? I mean, what, what, what kept him from doing <laughs> it in the first place? Why does he need somebody to stop him? He could have just been, Oh, you yeah, know what? There, everybody's uh, dead. I'm going to go do what I need to do. Go take a shit. Do the Rick and Morty uh, thing where he just blows up a substation. He's like, I'm going to go take a shit. Like, why isn't he doing that? <laughs> But you know what, Paul? I, I was really frustrated at one particular moment in this movie because Aquaman is standing there around like the companion cube and Bruce's lair or whatever, and like they're talking amongst themselves. And uh, I can't remember who says it, but yeah, it's it's just before Cyber goes into his giant monologue about the World War II shit and all that noise. But like Aquaman, he looks at Cyborg and Cyborg says something to the effect is that's a really long story. And Aquaman looks at him and he says, you got somewhere else you got to be. 
I'm like, oh, that's clever screenwriting. So that way you can cue up him to do all this exposition that the audience needs rather than being like, well, you know, I mean, why can't you? There's a little <laughs> tip in screenwriting, right? It's called show, don't tell, right? Show, don't tell. Show me what's happening. Don't talk about it constantly. <laughs> Like, just show it to me, man. Like, find a way of showing me other than somebody narrating a scene that I'm about to watch. But as as Cyborg says some shit about World War II and all that noise, he says his dad used an alien technology he didn't completely understand to bring him back. But in a previous scene, his dad recorded a tape to tell him what all his alien technology does. So does his dad know about the alien technology or doesn't he? I mean, you can know certain things about alien technology while not completely understanding it. <laughs> sure, why Just not? It's like you can know how to turn on your phone without actually knowing exactly how that works inside <laughs> of your phone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, you turn on the power button and it goes click. That's that's what happens. So two, two hours and 20 minutes into this movie, Diane Lane and Amy Adams, six-time Academy Award nominee, Amy <laughs> Adams, finally uh, she, speak. She's never won, right? though. That's too bad. Maybe, nope, maybe not yet. She, finally speak after all this time. Do you think she ever will after... Batman v Superman. I, I don't know, bro. I sure hope so. I hope that this doesn't fucking destroy it like I thought it was going to. But anyway, so they finally speak, and when they speak to each other, what do they talk about? A man. They talk about how important Superman <laughs> is to each of them. That's all they talk about, and I'm just like, wow. They Okay, so half the movie is gone, and the first thing they do is talk about a man and how sad they are that, man, that a man is dead. Great, great screenwriting. Great <laughs> representation of females there. But well, when Amy does speak, she pines over Clark, but apparently women just keep pining over Clark throughout this movie, and she still does it up until the end of the movie. <laughs> she never actually says anything of substance. A six-time no, Academy Award winner, not. or nominee, Paul, six-time Academy Award nominee. This is what Sometimes they give her. you just got to take one of these bad movies to get your name out there, you know? Amy Adams has her fucking name out there. She doesn't need to be in this shitty movie. She's opening herself up to new audiences, dude. So I mean, maybe, maybe like a DC person, fan person would never want to see the arrival. Arrival, but, you mean, or, not arrival, the arrival. Not the, sorry, Charlie Sheen. The arrival. Was, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she want you know, her being in all these Batman movies or whatever, Superman movies, uh, convinced a few, a few DC fans to see Arrival and a few other movies. And then they saw Arrival and they were bored to tears and they're those people that vote movies like Arrival off the top 250. Maybe they were like, wow, this is so much better than this other trash I've been watching. I'm going (laughs) to go see some good movies. I sure hope so. You know what? Actually, uh, since my friend Kevin has been staying with me, like working on this job, he lives up in Buffalo and he stays with me when he comes into town to work. But he was telling me that he had never seen the Back to the Future trilogy. He's 25. And I was like, yeah. oh, we're we're fixing that right now. And over a three-night <laughs> period, we watched all three movies. And he got to the end of it, and he was like, that was excellent, bro. And I'm like, yeah, now you know why they're called classics. <laughs> but today, he told me that he hadn't watched Coco. And so I was like, we got to sit down and watch Coco. So we sat there, and we watched Coco. And like the ending moment where he's singing to Coco as she's <laughs> getting her memory back, he's sitting there crying and he has to like get a paper towel oh, and like tap yeah. himself off. Yeah. I was like, dude, I was like, Pixar movies. I was like, there's no shame in it, man. Like Soul hit me so hard. I was crying at the end of Soul. I was like, oh my god, like this fucking movie, <laughs> fucking Pixar, man. But anyway, yeah. so 
we're finally in part five now, right? And so Cyborg finally knows what a shovel is now, and he goes to help dig up the companion cube that's buried in his mom's hole. But that did not sound right. I should rephrase that. It's not buried in his mom's hole, but Bruce, Bruce has the perfect line when talking to Alfred to describe this movie, right? He says, Alfred, he, Alfred talks to him when he's departing in the shuttle, and he's just like, something, something, some other noise that Alfred says. And Batman turns to him and says, I'm operating on faith, Alfred, not reason. So <laughs> it's a perfect sentiment for this movie. Yeah, they have faith good. in the audience of the fans that are going to pay to see this, but they don't want to use any sort of reason in order to make this movie. There's no reason <laughs> for it to exist. But Miles, Miles asked the Asian guy what progress that they've made on the electron laser, right? But aren't all lasers electron lasers by definition, Paul? Like, aren't they using electrons or photons of light? In order to electron light, I mean, if you have a coherent source of electrons, it's electron laser. So, I mean, sounds cool, but I think it could be a thing. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> so the the flash runs as fast as the speed of light somehow, and the static and static shocks the the companion box that's falling as they throw fucking Batman or Superman in that pool of water and the and he shocks the box in order to wake it up as it hits the water and apparently this acts like a defibrillator of some kind in order to wake superman up or turn back time or some shit like that but somehow he's running around inside this <laughs> tiny ass ship at nearly yeah. the speed of light in order to generate this fucking electricity i'm like how much electricity does this box require like good lord how the fuck does anybody wake these things up? It needs, what, 18.1 gigawatts? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six Same. point... No, what, what's the number in Back to the Future? Um, it's, uh, I don't remember the number in Back to the Future. I just saw it. Fuck. Yeah, that's too bad. So, so Clark awakens and goes to his disgraced monument, and he tries his best to look like Christian Grey standing there all moody, <laughs> staring at it. But... What really puts on the fucking cherry on the top of this scene is when he picks up the statue's head that's clearly made out of a green foam ball that he picked up and they animated a stone <laughs> head into his hands. And this movie just goes full Roger Corman. At all. Yeah. yeah. And this movie just goes full Roger Corman at this point, right? Like Superman wakes up evil because he doesn't remember who he is because of reasons. Like, is this what it would be like if you woke? I mean, I guess zombie movies kind of have the same like reason is that they wake up and like all of a sudden they're pissed off and they just want to kill everything around them. But because they're alive when they were dead sleeping. But I mean, do do Kryptonians go to hell and heaven? Because I mean, he did just murder like a hundred thousand people in the previous movies <laughs> from all of his violence. So was he burning in hell, and that's why he comes back evil? Not to mention it's all that premarital explained. sex. Yeah, they they don't they don't go there, Gabe. They don't go to the afterlife, or whatever. They don't really explain if he's actually Clark Kent or if he's like an evil clone. Yeah, or whatever what happens. There's just yeah. all those flashback scenes and flash frames, and then like all of a sudden he wakes up and you're not sure. Wait, is this the scene where? Oh wait, no, it's previously when Wonder Woman is fighting. Uh, what's his name? The guy, the big guy, the evil guy. <laughs> Steppenwolf. <laughs> Steppenwolf. Yeah. <laughs> when he's like, "This one will be mine," and she's like, "I belong to no one." 
and then the the camera like tilts down so you like see up her vag really yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. Anyway, great use to the camera there, yeah, Zach. Great so, to undermine so, uh, any woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but. As Clark rages on and he's fighting everybody, his only way of being sated is to see his woman, right? Not sure why, because is this the love transcends all like cliche of movies? Like, what is the logic in this movie? He doesn't remember anything, but is this him falling in love again with Lois Lane and remembering her? Or is it just simply him stopping and being like, Hey, she's a pretty lady. <laughs> but Miles wanders away and shoots the mother box with a laser and he and he gets disintegrated, right? And Cyborg at all gets upset, especially Cyborg. They're crying, whatever. But if Cyborg is so upset and wonders what they can do to bring his dad back, whom he hates, by the way, all he needs to do is get the box and rewind time, just like they showed how they resurrected right. Superman, right? Kind of like how in Avengers Infinity War, they kill everyone, (laughs) and then in Endgame, they bring everyone back. But wait, they couldn't have stolen from those story points of those comic books, right, Paul? They they wouldn't do that, not for this movie. But part six now? God damn! How many parts are in this movie? They wander into Batman's cave. We're getting close, though. We're getting close. We're getting close. There's eight parts in this movie. So they wander into Batman's cave and they use Batman's satellite, or one of them anyway, to look for the heat signature of the box, right? Diana sees that it is somewhere in Russian or Russia in some small shithole town, and she says, that town has been abandoned since the nuclear incident there 50 years ago. But wait, yeah. how mean, the... By the way, they wouldn't see the heat signature of this box unless it was exposed to the sky. But yeah, I know. Anyways, but, but they might notice but, that giant weird leaf <laughs> shield thing that's yeah, on the surface that. of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul, how the fuck does she know the history of this town? Like, how does she know that 50 years ago, the nuclear incident? Does she just know the history of every small town in the world because she's 5000 years old? Like, what is well, the I significance think, of this I town? They like, never set yeah. it up. I think they're basically like in the DC universe. This is the DC universe's Chernobyl. Sure, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna All right, go with I'll, that. I'll I'll let that go for a minute because <laughs> I can at least buy that. But I don't. I like his line that Ben Affleck says. Right. I, I just got to talk about this line. He says, "I don't care how many demons he's fought. He's never fought us united." end quote like do you think that ben felt good about that delivery like when you look at him and you see that delivery do you think he felt good about that two-time oscar winner ben affleck do you think that he felt good about that line because come on bro i don't know but i had a raging heart on after that line was that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been hugging in the field for like two hours right like how long does it take like clark and all or like his mom and fucking lois are all in that field and they're hugging and i'm like this has been like two hours now like how long do these fucking cubes take to synchronize i mean he steppenwolf literally stepped into a fucking light tube that sucked him the fuck out of there over to wherever the cube is (laughs) and they're standing there still hugging and i'm like jesus christ like how fucking long does this shit take but a bunch of other exp- exposition lays out their plan, which is essentially run really fast, Barry, and hit Cyborg into the dome. What? Like golf? Is that what I'm understanding? He's like gonna like use a golf tactic in order to send an electrical shock 
into Cyborg and have him destroy these cubes or something <laughs> like that? Why all this setup for uh, such a stupid payoff, bro? This is like three hours into the movie, and I'm like, that's your payoff? This is like this is how you're gonna make it go down? All right. But they fly over the dome and Bruce says that he needs to knock a little louder, right? And fires a bunch of missiles into the like horseshoe vagina looking thing or whatever. And <laughs> it fucking destroys the whole goddamn dome of this super sophisticated alien technology. And I'm like, what? Like this are you serious? Like yeah, you can just shoot had, it with a couple of missiles? Several things where they explain that you have to shoot the main pillar and that will bring down the whole thing. But the pillar's just inside. Like, right. But he just kind of... Uh, he shoots, shoots the, the outside and it blows up. Yeah, because he has many missiles, not just one. I mean, obviously, you know, one One's missile. One's not going to do it, It's yeah. not going to touch this alien technology, but he has at least, like, 20. I mean, shit, dude. Can't. Yeah, you can't go into this ill-prepared, but... <laughs> <laughs> So Bruce Bruce drives his Batmobile and blows up a fucking smokestack, right? That falls at terminal velocity, by the way, after a certain amount of time, which is 32 feet, by the way. But somehow he can drive backwards while firing a pair of demons at faster than 186 miles an hour while he beats the tower falling in front of him. <laughs> Confused by this. I don't think the tower reaches terminal velocity. It's more falling on a pivot, which... Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll reach uh, terminal velocity. What's the math on that, Paul? How tall would the tower have to be in order to reach terminal velocity? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it depends on the drag coefficient of the tower. <laughs> she can actually calculate for a cylindrical object, but I would have to look into the math in that a little bit. <laughs> All right, next time you got to give me an answer on the next episode. Hold on, hold on. All right, terminal... <laughs> No, it says 14, you need about 14 seconds of free fall to reach terminal velocity. It's making a lot of assumptions, of course, and this is about a human falling from building, so it's different. <laughs> about 455 meters, you'd reach 97% of terminal velocity. But once again, it's it's on a pivot, so there's another part of that equation. It, it wouldn't be at a terminal velocity. It'd be going pretty fast, okay? That's... You think, you, outrun it and you think you can outrun it in a car on that fucked up road as Parademons I mean, are attacking it, it, him? It, it, it is the Batmobile, right? That's the official Batmobile. I mean, it's got to be fine. It's fine. <laughs> in other movies, it drives up walls or drives through walls. So it, it can go the fast backwards. I mean, they, they figured it out. <laughs> All right, fine. So, but let's talk about how when Bruce ejects out of the Batmobile, right? He's flying through the air. And these aliens are shooting at him with their laser rifles, and they can't hit shit worse than a stormtrooper. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, aren't you an advanced civilization? You can't hit shit? But they, this lead-up to the fight scene is exhausting. Like, too much is happening, and I'm already bored, and I'm just like, God damn it, this is already ten minutes into the battle, and we haven't even gotten to the fucking yeah, battle. It takes a while. Like, it's too much already, and I'm already just goddamn exhausted, but... And this is like three and a yeah. half hours into the movie, and I'm like, God damn it. Like, holy shit. <laughs> this is like but, every Marvel and DC movie that I've ever I watched. And that I just check out. I just check out during the battle scenes. It just it bores the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know. maybe if you're a kid, it would be 
entertaining but you know what i really really dumb. like about christopher <laughs> i don't i don't mean to keep coming back to christopher nolan's batman movies but like the action scenes in that are pretty brief they're like within four or five minutes they're resolved yeah. and like he's on to something else and i'm just like he doesn't stretch these out to 30 minute battle scenes i'm like <laughs> God just damn it punching each other over and over again well it just yeah, essentially no. ends up in this like fight choreography that you're watching because you're not learning anything new about the story as the battle is going on it's just people punching each other in different ways right. and you're like hey that was a cool movie like hooked over and you're like that's all you're <laughs> watching at that point there's no story yeah. to be had it's like watching a wrestling match you know Again, w yeah, WWE I mean, just, wrestling. What if they didn't? What if the Snyder Cut didn't include a bunch of dudes like punching each other for twenty minutes? Would the fans be like pissed off? They're They'd like, probably be pissed off. So yeah. boring. God damn. What if he? What if he went really crazy and he introduced a side storyline of like a, a gay love affair between like Cyborg <laughs> and? You imagine that? This fucking DC fans would That's crucify not canon, him, gay. dude. That's not they would canon. Crucify him. It's not in the comics. But dude, how does Bruce know how to trigger the self detonation sequence on one of the defense cannons around the <laughs> ship, right? Like, and why My, does the uh, alien tech have Roman numerals on the side LED, of it before the countdown? Yeah. Seven segment LEDs. <laughs> I don't know because if it's not countdown, then it would be confusing to the audience. You know, so. <laughs> I mean, the Predator had a countdown that wasn't Roman numerals. Right, right. But that's it was just like a, a shrinking LCD screen that, like, the the number of like screens on his arm was getting Started shorter, and you go got smaller. the idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was an excellent way to convince us. But uh, Zack Schneider is not that kind of director. So as Steppenwolf goes mano a mano with Aquaman and Cyborg, right? Cyborg shoots some sort of energy out, and Aquaman slams his trident down into the ground and does what exactly it looks like he turns the electricity into a wave or something like what are the rules here man like can he turn like moving objects into a wave or like what the fuck is happening <laughs> like what what is the point yeah. of fucking aquaman being oh, here there's no, no water because that around. other marvel movie with thor when thor like hits the ground with his hammer and does that big like shockwave right. thing that's right a, yeah that's what it was yeah. okay all right yeah i got, so it. I got like, it now see he's the god of thunder but He's the god of water or whatever, so it's like a wave of water. electricity Jeez. and concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But why does Cyborg, when he has the chance, and Barry says he's built up his charge, that Cyborg has to count down rather than saying now, Barry, just to detonate the fucking <sighs> thing? Like, is it because yeah. it took Steppenwolf two seconds of the three to step up and smack Cyborg in the back of the head? Like, <laughs> This is so bad. But cutting back continuously to Barry screaming, Victor, I can't hold this. Victor, I can't hold this. I'm like, oh, my God. Can we like he does it four times. He cuts back to him reiterating that. And I'm like, this isn't new information. Cut. Cut Victor it. Cut it. even here because he's in like super speed mode. So if you're thinking <laughs> he has of the this Doppler, Doppler. Effect, <laughs> <laughs> his voice would be this like ultrasonic like. You know, one megahertz frequency that you wouldn't even be able to hear. <laughs> so you'd be out of your range. Of, yeah, it'd be too high in pitch to hear. So just saying, fail. He wouldn't even hear it. But it's, this isn't nearly as hard as it is to watch how long it takes Cyborg <laughs> to do whatever the fuck it is that he's doing with the cube. Like, why does he need so much time in order to do whatever <laughs> he's doing? What the hell is he um, doing? Like, uh, he's but doing the, calculations and stuff. Yeah. 
But the alien that Batman misses somehow hits Barry traveling at the speed of light with a fucking cannon, right? <laughs> somehow he shoots him. But only to have Batman headshot him and splatter his brains all over the non-existent cameras we go in for the close-up. <laughs> Great work, Zach. The digital blood all over the camera. Well, they, they wanted to make it R-rated, so they had to do that somewhere. This is there such a bitch R rating, yeah, too, dude. No, like, bad. there's not nearly not. enough violence I in would, this. Nerdy. For four hours, there's nothing worth an R rating in this. No, not at all. I mean, maybe when he throws that guy against the rock and he kind of splatters. Yeah, that, that was like, kind of cool, but uh, that's still that's PG. I mean, there weren't. Yeah, you can get that. Wasn't like any brain matter or anything. It's just yeah. Blind. No, was there brains that flew in this at any one time beyond no, the alien's head so. exploding? I don't think so. But yeah. the league fails, and the cube synchronizes <laughs> and detonates into a light ball supernova thing, and Barry somehow survives the explosion by putting up his hands. And then he runs towards it in order to rewind time because he runs fast enough. Like, what physics hell <laughs> is going on in this scene? It's just like, oh, just accept it. It just happens, you know. Like, just just deal with it. It's it's a it's a Christmas miracle game. It's just a Christmas like miracle. <laughs> just like Superman coming back to life, whatever, you know. Just <laughs> all those. Th it's like. It's I know like I Lord shouldn't the, be thinking about this. It's like in Lord of the Rings where Sam and Frodo just destroy the ring and they're sitting on Mount Doom and the eagles come and you're like, God damn it, why didn't they just fucking ride the eagles? You know the reason to of the that, though, Paul. You read the books. The eagles are their own sovereign nation. They didn't want to get involved in the war. You know this. Don't act like a dumb fuck. You know this. Anyway, so... Yeah, he, why, didn't, why didn't the Flash just, like, run and grab the cube like four acts ago and like accelerate it out into space and like i don't know really i don't know or something i have no idea yeah. why did it take him so fucking long to do anything in this movie i'm like god damn it but he touches him and sends cyborg into some sort of alternate reality where they profit upon the image of a broken black family abs and dad dead mom <laughs> gee thanks for that zach but somehow it comes down to Cyborg and Superman prying apart the cubes with their fucking hands. Like all this shit comes down to a god amongst men and a fucking cyborg pushing these cubes apart. That's how this ends up. Not anything clever about the action or whatever. It's just two guys literally prying it apart. They may as well have grabbed a crowbar and done it. They start shit-kicking Steppenwolf into the portal as Diana chops his head off, but it's still not over. Like, there's still yeah. more to this movie. I thought, like, I thought it was pretty cool how they kick his ass, and then, what's his name? Aquaman stabs him through the chest, and then he's going flying, and then Wonder Woman cuts his head off right before he <laughs> flies through the portal. So, You know what I was disappointed yeah, I mean, in is awesome. that... Dark Seed like, like stomps on the head is <laughs> to stop it, but he doesn't uh, stomp on it hard no enough crunch. to turn it into yeah. fucking crunchy brain matter soup yeah. on the floor. See, that's that disappointed would, that would have that. been a good R rating kind of thing, but I know. Where's the gore, man? Where's yeah. the gore? But it's really, <sighs> Paul. Really, it's when when. When Junior has the mega army behind him and he wants to do things the old way, right? Like Darkseed starts talking about he's going to do things the old <laughs> way, presumably bringing his army or some shit to invade Earth to set up the sequel. It, it sucks. You know, it's just them blatantly setting up sequels, which is like half of this movie is just setting oh, up yeah, sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, Gabe, really... it was supposed to be a five part epic. So, I mean, they still have two more parts to go. Oh my god, good lord, I can't. 
I can't sit through more Justice So now they're going to have to unboot the reboot of Batman. Uh, get Ben Affleck back so they can finish uh, the two Because now that they've capitulated and given these uh, DC fans what they wanted, now they're going to have to make these two more movies. Yeah. So they're going to have to Or they could just, just abandon it. <laughs> or they could just no, abandon it no. and say, fuck their you, Their families you got your have movie. been threatened. The, the fans know where they live. It's too late. They're yeah. just going to have to keep going. But, dude, really, it's the long, glassy, overindulgent dolly shot of them standing on the reactor rim after Batman climbs to the rim. (laughs) Even though the rest of them can fly or run to the top, how long was Superman standing on the rim of that waiting for (laughs) Batman to climb up? That's what I really want to know. Why didn't Batman just hook onto the back of him? (laughs) Exactly! If I got to the top, I'd be like, wow, thanks, dick. You flew all the way up here and just left me to climb like an asshole. But, dude, now we get into the goddamn epilogue because we need even more to this movie, apparently. But somehow, rewinding time means that Cyborg can rewind time to piece together the tapes so that he can hear his dad talk. Like, what was this? He's, like, standing in the, the, the apartment where he crushed the tape recorder previously and he holds his hand out and it, like, reforms. Can everybody, like, manipulate time now? Like, what are the rules in this yeah. movie? Entropy, it's not its not a thing in the Marvel Universe. You know, it yeah. just doesn't work that way anymore. It's fine. It's fine. But you know what's also really awful in this movie, Paul, is when you look at Willem Dafoe and you try to wonder what the hell that hairpiece is on top of his head. I'm like, Christ, <laughs> look at that thing. What is uh, that? By the way, I saw The Lighthouse, if you want another oh, movie. And Willem brutal. Dafoe is just... He's scary in he's, that movie, dude. Well, I fucking love him, man. Like when he's like, "You don't like my cooking?" What? <laughs> he's great in that movie, dude. That's uh, yeah, a that's no. a great, he's, he's great a treasure. Movie. I love. He it. is. I love it. Anyways, going back to this, he's a great, great actor, man. And that movie's great too. <laughs> I mean, even Robert Pattinson's good in that. All I can say yeah. is, I. I never want to see mermaid sex or like tentacle porn <laughs> like that ever again in my life. Yeah, yeah. you can see mermaid vag in that, and it's really that not. Was weird. Doesn't what he you finger want. it too? I, I, I want to say so. somebody fingered it. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so it's kind of like the porn version of Aquaman mixed yeah. with the new Batman. Yeah. yeah, see 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 the lighthouse. By the way, everybody should see that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Caitlin felt sick after watching that movie, dude. We walked out, and she went to the bathroom, and she stayed in the bathroom for, like, 15 minutes. She felt sick to her stomach, and I was like... To me, it was a comedy, like, through and through. Yeah, it's it's a funny funny moment. (laughs) (laughs) When he bashes the seagull onto that thing. (laughs) Anyway, so... This epilogue serves scene after scene after scene of them setting up sequels, right? Like, oh, this person's storyline is going to stop here, so that way we can set up this next sequel movie that you're going to pay for because you're a fucking dope. (laughs) But Superman Superman has his farm bought back by Bruce so him and Amy and Mom can move in together, right? Have their family farm back. Dad's dead. But here's a question. Does mom have to hear Superman hammer the living Christ at a Lois every night? Like, this is awkward. Mm. Like, how do you live with your mother-in-law? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even know how that works. Like, like how do you bang your wife when yeah. your mother-in-law is in the house? What happens when Superman climaxes? Do oh, you get, dude. Like, lasered through or something? I mean, <laughs> yeah. goddamn. Splits you up the middle. It's, it's like danger. that scene. Yeah. It's like that scene in uh, Scary Movie 2 where she gets splattered <laughs> to the ceiling. <laughs> 
I like that. Uh, I like that uh, scene in Family Guy where Superman's in prison and they're like, "What are you in for?" And he's like, "Yeah, this hooker made a comment about me being faster than a speeding bullet, so I ripped her in half." <laughs> anyway, so Diana caresses the fucking arrow for some reason as the Flash runs around, not through a woman in the sidewalk like the boys, unfortunately. But Clark rips open his shirt so that we can cut to not credits because we have to see the Joker or Lex Luthor yet. You know, we got to get to those scenes so we can drag this out a little bit more, which is completely tacked on on the end. Like, what the hell were those scenes, dude? Seriously, like even uh, being objective, even if you like this movie, what the hell were those scenes? They're just like tacked onto the end. It's in that alternate universe with like the dark Superman that isn't it's sort of touched on this movie, but it doesn't actually happen in this movie. It's like a second round of comic books where Superman was evil for a while, but it's just tacked on at the end. The future. Okay, so let's run with either one because I, I just got to ask, bro, like they cut to an open prison cell and the single guard wanders into the cell with the laughing convict to reveal that it's not Lex Luthor because that makes that sense. Makes he got sense. out of Arkham somehow. But we cut to Luthor somehow sitting on a boat as we introduce, I think that's Deadshot, the guy with the samurai swords. I don't remember that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, I think that's what his name's supposed to be. Who has the know. worst fake beard ever? <laughs> like his beard looks like it's glued on and it's terrible. But Jesse hams it up Who's... like a motherfucker to tell Deadshot <laughs> yeah, that Batman is Bruce yeah. Wayne or some shit. I'm not sure why this is important or why I should give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know who Deadshot's supposed to be either. He's just some some guy, I guess. It doesn't matter because sort of... he appears in the next scene, which is a post-apocalyptic nightmare that I still don't understand. Like, is this real? Is this a dream? Is this the future? Should I give oh, a fuck? But we hear know. Leto's awful laugh as the Joker as he greets Batman as my little fish stick. What the fuck, dude? Like, Jared Leto fucks this up so bad. His intonation is hammy as fuck. I hate what you did with the Joker, Leto. You fucking suck, man. I love you no. as an actor. I really do. But, dude, he fucked this up so badly. From no one, Justice League no to this movie. No one's ever going to be as good as Heath Ledger. So you might as well just get over it, Gabe. I don't know how I want to tell you. It doesn't matter. I mean... <laughs> It's not even that, man. It's just like, I don't know what his objectives are. I don't know what he's talking about. I have no idea what's happening. It's just this dumbass shit. But you know what? You know what's really weird? I'll explain it for you. Not knowing anything about the comic books, it's the future, right? Somehow Batman's getting visions because in the future, what's his name? The, The speed guy. Flash. Flash goes back in time because in Batman v Superman... Batman has that brief vision of the Flash, like coming back in time, and right with the that, parademons flying around and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. It's just the future, and Batman's seeing the future. We don't know. It's supposed to be enticing you into wanting to know more as to how this Deadshot guy ends up being an ally of Bruce Wayne when right. he's setting out to and kill him. And they're fighting him. against Superman, I guess, in this uh, yeah. alternate reality too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what, Paul? It's I, I not got an question. alternate reality game. It's the future. Fine. The future. Fine. Doesn't matter. But here's the <laughs> thing, right? The cinematography on the Joker in this scene is awful. It's all, like, super shallow. And, like, they keep just wavering around and handheld with, like, this giant yeah. lens flare in the fucking camera. And I'm like, this is awful. It's just extreme close-ups of wandering I mean, around in, like, this, an I'm F1.0. I'm pretty damn oh. sure this is one of the... Uh... 
reshoots that they did specifically for this movie or for yeah. the Snyder Cut. So it probably wasn't even on set, and they just didn't want to like spend a they lot. They did of time. it with Zoom. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So they did it with Zoom, and you know, so it was all shallow depth of field because there's no set behind him and nothing. Mm. The not sun a big looks crew. fake as shit. Yeah. yeah, so it's just it was lazy filming. So here, here's a real question, Paul. When the Joker's talking to him, Batman curses at him and he says, I'm going to fucking kill you or some shit like that. And he says, you don't want to kill me. Who's going to give you a reach around? Like, what is this line? Uh, I'm I, not sure where that came from. Like, like, why? Why the fuck is he saying this? Like, what does he mean? Does this mean that he's going to fuck him in the ass and he's going to give him the reach around? Like, what is the Joker exactly saying with this line? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's Maybe just they there, and they're like, like nobody, nobody says anything Superman, about it. They were in Superman prison together, and they had to make do because they're both dildo each other. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. They had to dildo each other, sure. Or but maybe, we, uh, wait, what's the name of Batman's girlfriend? Suppose, wait, she what? Had, Rachel? Is that Rachel Dawes? Is that like a, yeah, or is she even a thing in this? Batman no, Rachel series? Dawes. Rachel Dawes was only invented by Christopher Nolan for huh. Batman. She doesn't exist in any of the comics. Wait, so Batman's all into Catwoman and like a few other of the like female, yeah, 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 villain ones. Okay, all right. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the reach round thing comes from. I can't even. <laughs> I don't know what that was though. I was like, what guess, reach around? What? What's happening? They're into each other. Maybe. But we cut to a reverse on the Joker as the card wavers. Like, he says, you know, keep this card, whatever. But, like, the the card wavers in and out of focus. And then there's a moment where the Joker dips the card out of frame. And he's completely out of focus for several seconds. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell is this shot? Like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? What visual language is this? <laughs> it's just he's out of focus. But Superman is glowing red eyes evil as Bruce wakes up to even more Michael Bay lens flares outside the window. <laughs> and God damn it, Paul, it just keeps going. There's more uh, shit after this. Really? Oh, but the shapeshifter, who's named the Martian Manhunter, apparently, which is the worst name <laughs> ever. Stupidest yeah. name. No, I thought some of the other Marvel, like, Names were bad, but this one is... This one's bad. This is like straight out of 1950, like... Superman. Yeah, communist invasion type Superman comics or some yeah. shit. But the fact that they chose to keep him that is bad. But he shows up and he asks to join the Justice League and Bruce is like, Oh yeah, it would be good to have you. It would be good to have you. And I'm like, you don't know this guy. He shows up and he's got red eyes and shit and he finds out who you are. Like, what the fuck, man? And on top of that, he was the guy earlier that was posing as Lois Lane in order yeah, to talk to creepy. fucking... And I was like, what the hell is happening? What is this? <laughs> but we pull out from Bruce's house as we finally cut to credits. While Zach does dedicate this to his daughter, who gives a shit? Like, seriously, I'm like, you dedicated this to your daughter? Like, what about this was honoring your daughter like what because you finished it because you didn't get to finish it when she killed herself like uh, is that what he's saying i i don't know how this is like maybe, a tribute to her in any way wonder woman some extra screen time as a tribute to his daughter 
Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hope not. But we finally are at the end of the movie, and he ends with a shitty fucking piano cover that sounds like it's on YouTube of Hallelujah. And, like, when the lyrics finally kick in, like, the lyrics are good. The singer, whoever it is, I didn't actually grab the singer's name, is good. Her voice is good. But, like, the piano, it sounds like some cheap $12 MIDI keyboard that somebody uploaded to YouTube. It's awful. Yeah. And then all I can think of is Watchmen. Yeah. And him it's fucking Maylene Mar- <laughs> M- Ackerman or whatever her name is, like, and then the uh, the night owl ship like blowing its load <laughs> as the fire, the flamethrower. <laughs> Zack yep. Snyder is not a subtle filmmaker, Paul. <laughs> like, <laughs> Subtlety not is not his, not his forte. Yeah. So anyway, maybe there this... are subtle clues in the film as to explain why. Joker wants to give Batman a reach around or what that is. Maybe we should go back. I don't I, I, I don't care to ever watch this. It's bad <laughs> enough that I watched the theatrical and I watched this. I wasted six hours of my life <sighs> yeah. that I will never get uh, back. I feel like I need to go back and watch the original now just to compare how bad that is compared to this. You know what one of the hardest things yeah. was for me, Paul, is the way that this movie is graded. Like, it is graded like a fucking train wreck there are so many things in this movie where like especially with superman when he's on the farm and he's wearing that like flannel shirt that lois gives him it's a red and black flannel top right and they keep cutting to it at different points and there's points when he's backlit by the sun where it's like completely black like lost in shadow detail entirely then there's other moments when they like come out of the window and they like boom down and pull out from the windows. He's looking out the window with Lois Lane and Lois Lane is completely obscured by the fucking column in the window. But like even that, the grade changes in the middle of the shot, like the yeah. polarizer shifts on the camera and like his his shirt goes completely nuts in terms of the colors that are on it. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, what did he do with the grade on this movie? It's just all over the place. Yeah. He's just like contrast, contrast, super contrast, even <laughs> though. Uh, Even though it's like, like desaturated and yet it's like super contrast. Yeah. But like at several points, the contrast drops off into zero. Like even when he's at the window with Lois Lane behind him in the room that still has some daylight floating around in it is completely black. And he's like dropped into shadow. And I'm like, there's not even an edge light on him. Like what the hell is happening with this grade? Uh, I don't know, man. It's shitty cinematography, man. I'm sorry. It fucking sucks. It's just it's shot like it's a fucking P. Diddy music video, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, P. Diddy. When did he stop becoming... When did he stop being relevant? Is that like 96, 2000? I think. No, <laughs> yeah. 96. Because it was like... 96? Oh, shit. All right, so, Paul, now that we've done this self-indulgent, self-promotional cut or Superman thing, whatever the fuck, for this Justice League bullshit... What do you want to look forward to next week? Like, what what are you thinking for the next oh, episode? Man. I was like, I was excited. I was genuinely excited to watch this movie just to see how <laughs> bad it was and to shit all over it. It was fun. It was fun. It was good. It was good. Would Would you, you know, watch this again? Would you sit down and give four hours of your time to this again? No. <laughs> no. That's that's a long time. There's a lot of other movies that I'd want to watch again. That are four hours long? No, not really. I can't think of any four-hour movies that I want to watch right now. Besides the third Lord of the Rings movie? Uh, You know, I just finished re-watching all of the Lord of the Rings movies, actually. That was wonderful. That is a good good four-hour movie that I'd watch again. 
I watch it every year, man. Four yeah. hours and 20 minutes or whatever for the third movie. Yeah. You gotta watch it again with all the commentary tracks, though, you know? I know, I know. I think I watched the two previous extended editions with all six commentary tracks, but I don't think I ever <laughs> got through Return of the King with all of the commentary. I mean, it's no. a lot there, bro. That's, That's a, lot a lot of commentary. <laughs> That's a lot. 24 hours of commentary track. Yeah, Jesus. You could just try to stay up for a 24-hour period and rewatch the movie six times to get oh through it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Battlefield yep. Earth would be a lot. That's just like an irrevocably like awful movie. There's no way of saving that like in any way. I'm going to have to rewatch it knowing what I know now about how batshit insane Scientologists are. Because I, when I first watched it, I knew nothing about its relationship right. to Scientology or anything. And I just was like, yeah, this is a super bad movie. <laughs> kind of like want to watch it again. But I don't know. We kind of did something sci-fi this week. Maybe we should Change do something more grounded, you know. Uh, Caitlin was surprised that 16 Candles was on our list. We could shit on 16 Candles. See, I think I brought that up. I don't even remember that movie but i was just looking and i'm like oh it like kind of kind of skirts around the fact that it's about teen rape (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it is (laughs) so So i'm I'm just gonna kind of pitch it out there basic is an awful movie and it's a drama Uh and drama slash thriller and uh john travolta fucks that movie up like so badly and yeah. uh dream catcher with morgan freeman would be a good horror movie in order to focus on out basic yeah it looks pretty All right, so i serve i serve it up to you do you want to do basic or do you want to do white chicks we'll narrow it between those two <laughs> uh let's do white chicks let's do white chicks i was hoping you wouldn't say that <laughs> fine we'll do white chicks. god damn it shit fuck it sorry uh some some things shit in my face. Anyways, I was gonna say uh let's do basic. Basic? I just like start poking around and there's a lot of shade being thrown at this movie, so I'm like, alright, <laughs> this could this could work for me. It's like needlessly stupid and like halfway through the movie I just gave up trying to understand <laughs> it. I was like, I don't yeah. know what the right. fuck is happening. Yeah. Now let's do basic. John right. Travolta has been in a lot of shitty movies. Yes. And so, not quite yeah. as many as uh not quite as many as uh fucking Nicolas Cage, but they're they're pretty <laughs> neck and neck there. Like they've been in a lot of bad movies. Yeah. So thank you listeners once again for joining us. Thank you for listening to us shit on this horrible, horrible fucking self indulgent I I am so surprised that <laughs> Zack Snyder actually still has uses of his arms after all the self masturbatory <laughs> shit that he did making this movie. But besides the Gabe, fact, you just don't understand, okay? You just don't understand him. You it's just... so much more deep than I thought it is. Exactly. All right. Well, I'll just let you believe that for a little while. When, when you look back on this daughter. in 10 years. Cyborg when, is his daughter. When you look back on this in 10 years, you're going to be like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us once again. This is the Movie X Podcast. I'm Gabriel Chavez. I'm Paul Shendel. Have a good one. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. Thank you.